All right, mic check, mic check. Where the fuck is my check? You're now tuned into a special edition of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Sitting up here with uh, with author. Um, what else do you do? You do everything, right? Yeah, we do a little mentoring work with the uh, Kid at the Youth Center. We also a uh, social worker as well. All right, so I want everybody to welcome uh, Brandon to the show. All right, Brandon, so just take me back to the beginning. So I want you to tell me about life just growing up, you know, in Omaha and Gary, Indiana. What the fuck is in Gary, my friend? I mean, that's the birthplace of Michael Jackson. That <laughs> yeah, is, is a statement. That is a statement for black people. You cannot talk about Gary. Okay. People will ride on you. Okay. After okay. Hurricane Katrina, was, I ain't trying to brag on it, but after yeah. Hurricane Katrina, was the murder capital of the world. Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, of the U.S. basically. Okay. But basically, okay. Uh, my family's from Gary. Uh-huh. I spent most of my time in Omaha, but I would spend all my summers in Gary. Okay. And like, during, and mind you, this was for the social media age, and I had. And this was like I was born in '88, so I had like a grandmother that was old. Yeah, yeah. So we couldn't stay in the house; we had to yeah. go outside. Yeah. So basically, when I spent a lot of my summers in Gary, that's where you like learn a lot of your resilience, and uh, uh-huh. you playing basketball on on the street. Yeah. So like you get all those scrapes, you learn not to call foul, uh-huh. and like Gary like really taught me a lot about minding your own business. <laughs> okay, talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you know this now, but like usually like when you get on social media now, it's like we live in this like culture of dragging people. No. Uh-huh. Like they got old girl was a couple days ago, <laughs> and like not trying to make light of her little suicide attempt, but like we yeah. we, we get like we get a kick out of like dragging people exactly, and then like we got people that are sensitive, so exactly. in a sense we're almost like pussified in in a sense. Uh-huh. But like in Gary, it's like you mind your own business, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Yeah. But like now we live in like this like age of social currency, like look at me, look at me, and it's like I gotta get a hundred likes. I'm about to show me like hitting somebody. Uh-huh. I gotta do whatever I can to get this like type of attention. Yeah. But, like yeah, Gary really like molded me into the person I am today because. Even though it's like a real poor city, it's uh-huh. like if you ever been to East St. Louis, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. basically what it is. And then the uh, liquor stores and churches. Okay. Hence the blood. That's a little yeah. shameless plug. Yeah, but like yeah, even yeah. when you go to North Omaha, that's basically what Gary, Indiana looks like. Okay. And, and like as a, a child, like I never knew we was like it was a poor city. Uh-huh. Like one of my favorite aunts, uh, she lived in like a city right outside of it's called East Chicago, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. It's probably maybe five, ten minutes away. Okay. But it's like she's li- she's living like in subsidized low income housing. I never knew. I'm like walking through gang t- territory every day. And mm. I'm like not even paying attention to it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like normal to me. Exactly. Yeah, like a lot of us, yo. Yeah. So like even like when we look at North Omaha, it's just, it looks normal to me. Like when people, when you get on the news and things like that, and you have people saying, "I'm not going to go there past this time," or "Why would you live over there? Why do you want to work over there?" Uh-huh. It's like. I've never been scared to walk outside my house. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so that's basically what the beginnings were. And then, basically, that's why I dedicated to Gary, Indiana, and North Omaha. Because I feel like those those two cities, like, shaped me. And, like, that's, like, one of my biggest accomplishments is being a son of those two cities. Okay. All right, so moving on, just talk to me about, you know, the high school to college transition. Just um, kind of describe that for me. And then how are you feeling? You know, are you sure you want to pursue your degree of study during that transitional period? I mean, how are you feeling? Are you the first one to go to college in your family or... Uh, on my uh, dad's side, not because he actually went to graduate school. He's like, uh, oh, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, he works in Memphis right now. He's a superintendent of preschool. Okay, preschool. But my mom, it was like, nice. he, we, we all had like, if you ourselves, we got that one aunt Terry that went. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know, really I know. Really accomplished. Yeah, but everybody yeah. else, they, they just do regular. Uh, yeah. 
regular shit. Yeah, uh-huh. they, they graduated high school and kept it moving. Yeah, kept Went it pushing. Yeah. So like when I was in high school, like I didn't really have like a social clique. I was just cool with a bunch of people. Okay. I'm still cool with a lot of them today. Yeah. Some of them were in gangs. Some of them like you know they're going they're getting law degrees, medical uh-huh. degrees now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like college was never really a priority to me. Uh huh. Basically, I would just go to like all the college visits just to get out of class. So. <clears throat> One, it, and it was it's like the crazy scenario. That's why like I can't deny a, how, a higher power because like I was in Gary, Indiana for the summer. Yeah. My aunt asked me, what, "What are you gonna do after high school?" And I'm uh-huh. like, "You know, I'm bullshitting." And I'm like, "You know, <laughs> I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna study in a marketing and business administration." Yeah, then, yeah. I didn't even apply to one school. I took the ACT, but I never applied to one school. Okay. So I get back home, yeah. and the day before the deadline for uh, applications for UNO, uh-huh. I made it. So I oh, nice. Got nice. in. I got the letter. I opened it when I was at work. See yeah. if you accepted. School starts on August. Go to orientation. Blase, blase, blah. Yeah. Got in. I told the um, advisor that I was gonna ma- go. I want to major in business, but we just did a lot of our prerequisites and things <clears throat> like that. Yeah. And it was just like, why am I here? And it was like a, it was a good to make me two years. I was just there for the check. I okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that fast for money, huh? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 Pell Grant money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just yeah. here for the check. Yeah, yeah. I'm fe- <laughs> like honestly, I failed everything but all the Black History courses. Okay. Like English, yeah. I wasn't really caring. Uh-huh. This class is early as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going. I mean, I'm going, but I'm I'm, I'm like half sleep. Yeah. I'm not reading. I'm not studying. I'm not doing anything. I'm just there. Uh huh. And that's basically that transition. Then you get that academic probation letter. You're not really thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Then when they bring that suspension letter. Uh huh. When they say Talk you're gonna to take away that. everything, you actually got. <laughs> Pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, That's when shit get real, though. Yeah, it's like you on suspension, and they was like, write us a letter why we should not take away your funds. Yep, yep. When I tell you, I wrote the best two pages ever. <laughs> you would have thought Plato wrote that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm using every big word you can think of. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to do better, I'm going to work yeah, less, yeah. I'm going to be dedicated because... Yeah. I, not only does my family deserve it, but my community deserves this. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I'm, like, I'm playing that little race card a little bit. Yeah, 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 a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a young black man that didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was crazy. And then I actually started going to school like I was supposed to. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I wasn't passing like I should have. I wasn't getting all A's and B's. Uh-huh. Getting a little C's there, here and there. A lot of C's, actually. Well, you know, uh, you know George Bush, you know, our president before you know obama you know c's get degrees so yeah, yeah, got, yeah. He, got that, he got that nice yell one, yeah 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 he did he did he yell did in harvard uh-huh yeah 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 <laughs> exactly all right so um talk to me you know at uno talk to me about uh professor uh, margaret peggy jones talk to me about that her influence on you yes i actually i think that was my i want to say my would have been my sophomore year but by credit wise i was still a freshman okay uh it was I took her class during when Obama got inaugurated. So I think that's 09. Uh-huh. And I started in 07 fall, yeah. but it's 09. Mm-hmm. She taught black women in America. Okay. I remind you, I go to UNO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she <laughs> the do. only black yeah. people you see is in the multicultural room. Yep. So, and I have, and I was working a lot. I was uh-huh. working two jobs. I had to pay my bills. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Like, I was, no roommates or anything. I was paying straight out of my pocket. Okay. So, you was grinding then. Yeah. Two, okay. Two jobs. So, I'm like, Man. four or six hours of sleep a day, still going to school, 8, 15 a.m. Yeah. classes. And I'm like, I'm not meeting any women on campus. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you get a lot of white women, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. I ain't really trying to do too much of that because it's like, uh-huh. 
I was, I was like back when I was like living in Yale with my grandma. I got a ring around the neck, like uh-huh. during that OJ trial. Don't bring that shit in this house. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still ringing yeah, in my head. Yeah, she can't use your comb. Don't bring her home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but. For some reason, I think white women love black men while they're in college. <laughs> okay. They're all alone. They don't never marry you. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you, God, they don't marry you. But they love you in college. Okay. You can do whatever you want in college. <laughs> they might even pay a bill. Okay. They ain't going to marry you. They know right. better. They know the game. <laughs> we, all might, we might get into wealth later how they yeah, <laughs> ain't yeah. nothing but a social contract. Hey, I guess I got a unicorn in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got a good one. Yeah. You, you won. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I see black women in a woman in America. And I'm like, uh, you know what? I need to see some black women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's so crazy. I keep up with like two or three uh, women from my class. Uh-huh. But like, even though I didn't turn to like one of them feminists, yeah, like, yeah. it actually made me love black people as a whole more. Okay. There might be some patriarchy in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, But it made me like actually like read like my Malcolm and like even like study Pac from like a more black national lens okay and then she gave me like the greatest opportunity okay how so because we had to do this presentation at the end of the uh, course okay but she gave us this list of words it's like words like epistemology commodification uh hegemony okay words that i would never use in life yeah and, yeah, yeah. and it like made me like learn these words because it's like you gotta know how to speak aave but at the same uh-huh. time you gotta have that chris eurocentric mouthpiece as well and then when you blend it together it's like it's yeah. magic yeah, almost yeah. like when, when you hear drama say when you mess up <laughs> a street nigga and the rapper together yeah. it's magic exactly so it was exactly. crazy before you go on explain what that aave is for the for people who don't know uh, for those that's far outside the yeah. linguistic capacity of black vernacular yeah. it's african american vernacular english All right, so there like, you we go. get straight to the point we don't use capitalists like uh-huh. I be going to the store I uh-huh. We use ain't and we use yeah. a lot of other words. And it's actually, it's not broken English when you think about it. Because if you mm-hmm. ever study Russian and German, it's derived, that's how Russian and German is derived from uh, like black English. Yep, absolutely. So you can uh, look that up. Exactly. That's a great jewel. Yeah, yeah. but keep, keep talking about Peggy, though, how she influenced you. Yeah, so like she gave me this opportunity. We had to do a presentation mm-hmm. about black women in the media. Yeah. So I picked this song called Brenda's Got a Baby. Okay, Tupac, Tupac yeah, classic. classic. Yeah, 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 classic yeah. Pac. Okay. And, I, and I don't know if you're familiar with Goucher High, Gouchester High. It's like that pregnancy pack. I think I'm, I'm messing up the city. No. But it was the pregnancy pack. And they, like, later on, like, I think it was, like, a few months later, or even a year later, they did okay. a, a Lifetime movie called The Pregnancy Pack. Okay. White girls from this affluent neighborhood yeah, yeah, yeah. made a pack to get pregnant. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Okay. And, you know, they gave every excuse in the world uh-huh. why these women got pregnant. It was. <laughs> parents were working too hard. Uh, uh-huh. As <laughs> the, account, the economy is down, so people exactly. got to go to work. No exactly. one is supervising them. Uh-huh. We don't. They don't have... They have low expectations. Yeah. But then when you listen to Brenda's Got a Baby, uh-huh. uh, welfare cream, shout out to Ronald Reagan for that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Reagan. <laughs> we, de- we demonize black teens when they get pregnant. Exactly. We don't give them any type of resources. Yeah. We basically shame them. Exactly. We give them that Bill Cosby treatment. Yeah. So yeah. I, so I did like a finger. Cor- yeah. So I did a correlation of how those white women were treated uh-huh. and then how... Black girls are sweet, even still to this day. Yeah, yeah. We don't get movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We, we, we. They, they take away resources from them. They cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, uh, welfare on us. Yeah. They 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 put you in a fucking lottery for fucking section eight. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they got you yeah. outside fighting like uh, crabs in a barrel <laughs> yeah. over some vouchers. Yeah. Yep. We don't give them research. We don't give them uh, uh, ample educational opportunities. We Not don't invest in when they're in elementary, middle school. We mm-hmm. give them that give them that one preschool year. Yep. That's enough. Yep. Then when they get to high school, we wonder why they why they acting crazy. Exactly. Exactly. So she gave me that opportunity, and it felt, and I was like standing. In, in front of the classroom uh-huh. and I felt like I galvanized and, I, and like getting like that attention like they're looking at you yeah. and it's almost like damn this is what I want to do uh-huh. I don't know what this job title is yeah. but like being in front of people and speaking my truth yeah uh, 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 Professor Jones gave me the opportunity. Nice, nice. So that's why she. That's why I always say, if you read the book, she's top five. That's what's up. That's what's up. And talk about uh, Dr. Dyson, Michael E. Dyson, the, yeah, the Michael, goat. The, yeah, the goat. Yeah, <laughs> the quintessential goat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, I mean, I gotta put WB. WEB above him, but like okay. Dyson, that's that's yeah. like my that's MJ to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's our MJ. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. It's like I will never let somebody say a mumbling word about Dyson. Uh-huh. That's my that's my dog right there. Yeah, I actually met him like when I was taking uh, Doctor jo- I mean Professor Jones class. Uh huh. He came cl- he he came for the Malcolm X uh, festival. Okay. He gave a keynote and he was correlating Malcolm X to Obama in like linguistic terms. Yeah. And like I knew who he was prior because he was on Hip Hop versus America. Uh huh. You know I wasn't thinking about school or anything like that. Yeah yeah. And he yeah. got on Nelly about Timbu. I'm like you don't like ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like who is this dude? He's like using like all these big ass words I've never heard of. Uh huh. And I was like and then he came to the school. Like yeah. he's up in here uh, referencing Plato, Aristotle. But at the same time, he's mixing in with Biggie lyrics and Pac, and I'm like, that's, dude that's is true. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's like making you look at like hip hop lyrics from a different lens. Uh huh. He's like putting a sociological, anthropological perspective. I was like, this is dope. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like trap music. Mm-hmm. Like when you listen to actual like trap, or I guess what they want to call it, it's like. It's better than like this lyricism that you might be seeing in other cities because like yeah. when you break it down what they're talking about, uh-huh. that's like real issues. It is, it is, absolutely, absolutely. And I think the dope thing, like you said about uh, Dr. Dyson, is how he includes you know stuff that you can relate to off rip, you know, like Biggie lyrics and things like that, with other scholars and things like that, and just kind of tying them all in together. I think that just makes for a dope professor, teacher, and things like that. Those always been the great teachers, like for me growing up. You know, they re- relate something cool to the lesson plan. You know what I'm saying? It, so yeah, that's dope. That's it, real dope. Like I'm like, it's, it's, it's like so crazy. Like he, like I remember. He, he might say some shit like, like he'll, he'll spit a big lyric like, back in the days our parents used to take care of us. Look at him yeah. now, they're even fucking scared of us. Uh-huh. Calling the state for help because they can't maintain. Darn things unchanged. Yeah. If I wasn't in the rap game, I have, I probably have a key knee deep in the crack game because the streets is a shortstop. Either you sling a crack rock or you, you got, got a, a wicked, wicked jump, jump shot. shot. Hell it's hard yeah. being yeah. up from the slump eating <laughs> five cent gum, not knowing where your next meal's coming from. What happened to the summertime cookouts? Every time I turn around, a brother's being took, took out. out. Yeah. And it's almost like, it might yeah. not sound like profound sociology with all these isms and stuff uh-huh. like that, but it's a deep an- cultural analysis of what's going on in urban America. Exactly. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's why all I love Dyson. Yeah. Shout out to the GOAT, though. All right. So after college, um, how did you feel about, you know, after accomplishing this milestone? Actually, it was a, it was a big deal for like that good uh, about a week because mm-hmm. I was like cream de la cream, you like the cream of the crop. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like, and then one day, it's like even before, I, like when I was on the verge of the cusp of graduating, it's like the summer before. Okay. I was at one of my friends' uh, 
graduate school graduation. He was getting his master's. Okay. And then, like, it was like four of my, there's four people in the room, four black men. Uh-huh. We, we looked at our school, like our high school. How many people in our graduating class that, that were black actually went to college and how many actually graduated? Yeah. And like, I grew, like it was, for black males, it was probably like 500 in my freshman class. Oh, wow. At Northwest. Wow. Uh-huh. And then we were thinking about it. It's like, we couldn't even think of 10 people. Mm. And it was like, it put in more perspective, not about actually getting your degree and rising above everybody else and trying to be equal with somebody. It's like, damn, yeah. you got to get this degree. Uh-huh. And you got to bring it back to yeah. the hood. Yeah. You got to bring yeah. everybody else up with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, like, it was almost like power in education. Uh-huh. Not just for like self-empowerment, but community involvement. Yeah. So that was what that milestone was like. It, it, it gave me not really accomplishment, but responsibility. Okay. Okay. Most deaf. All right. So what was your uh, first job out of college? Like using your degree. What was that first job? I like sociology is so ambiguous, but the yeah, first yeah. job I got was a legal assistant for the Douglas County Court. Oh, shit. How was that? That was actually, <laughs> <laughs> you, it was for the civil division, so it wasn't okay. criminal. Oh, so okay, you, okay. you people getting like sued like Dr. Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically no, everybody got out evicted you know, eviction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, and it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because I used to be like, I used to record too. No, so okay. you see people you know come through. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm Cold looking bloody. straight, I don't even see <laughs> yeah. I don't even see you. Yeah. And you know, they try to give you that, that side look like, yeah, yeah. I don't see you either. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. I feel you. We all struggling. Yeah. I ain't about to say nothing. Exactly. But you learn how crooked some of these lawyers is because, like, they'll use legal jargon in uh-huh. a trial that they know these people don't understand. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people are like, the public defenders ain't shit. Because they, they uh, got some. I'm not Public to, pretenders. That's what we yeah, call them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Uma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got jobs too, but it's like you got—they got like forty caseloads. Yeah. And you do. really think they taking you seriously? Yeah, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and then you get the people with the eviction—they want to like defend themselves. Uh huh. And it's like, cause you—you you might have a trial that day. Yeah. You might even not have prep work to get you a public defender. Yeah. They only gonna take ca- certain cases. Yep. Yep. And it's like they're using this legal jargon on you, and uh-huh. you like dumbfounded because you don't know what objection means. Uh-huh. You don't know what uh, he's being confrontational means. You don't exactly. know none of this legal jargon, so you just like lost and stuck. Exactly. And like we had a couple, we had a few cool judges, but like they're yeah. so tied into the law, they can't help you out. Exactly. They can't be your lawyer. Yeah. Shout out to Judge Lodo. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, 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 I thanked him in there. That's my dog right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge Daryl Law always takes care of you. Yeah, always, always. Yeah, yeah he didn't talk some sense to me a few times. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in that office. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's so crazy. He might yell at you, but uh-huh. at the end of the day, you know he still loves you. Yeah, it's all it's all out of love. Yeah, most deaf. Most yeah, so deaf. yeah, Jez Lowe is probably the chillest Jez in uh, Douglas County Court. I know people might get him upset when he might have gave you 30 days. Uh-huh. But your first time of feeling like you a kid, he yeah, gonna look out for yeah, you. Yeah, he gonna look out for you. He gonna you, make yeah. sure you don't get nothing on your record. Exactly, definitely, definitely. All right, man, so you gotta talk to me about this book, Views of the Church from the Liquor Store. What possessed you to write this book? It was it was actually I was out downtown. One of my friends, I got a like one of one of my old friends, David. Okay, graduated from who asked at Target. Yeah, 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 together. yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude went to, going went to like graduated. I mean, he's graduating this semester, but graduating from Harvard in yeah. neuroscience. Man, I'm like, genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. About to go to law school. And it's like, yeah. Shout out to David. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that's like my boy right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have like actual conversations. Like, yeah. I, I can hit him up. He actually hit me up earlier today, congratulating me about my book. Yeah, yeah. That's what's and up. And then I had like one of my other best friends graduated from Morehouse. He was uh starting this like gentleman's like clothing line. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's like, damn, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one day I'm just like talking shit down. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna write a book. Yeah, yeah. And that's just off the top of my head. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking like, yeah. Damn, now they about to expect me to write a book. Uh-huh. So that's basically how it came. Is like, 
it was basically like a mantra that I always say if you like know me personally, don't hey. be a friend that don't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically how this book came into fruition. And then it like this has been a, like a three year process. And then I, I uh-huh. finally got comfortable. I didn't just do it out of like spite of other people or jealousy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a friendly jealousy. You trying yeah, to keep friendly up with competition. Your yeah, yeah, friendly yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah, because you like you always say you don't want to be the one friend who doesn't make it. You, yeah, you yeah. don't. And it's the same thing with my circle. You know what I'm saying? Just you know where we're recording it, and then things that I'm working with with Down North Digital. You know, it's just you know we want to make it. You know, it's that competition, but it's that good. It's that spirit of competition that keeps you rising. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like with your boy D uh, Darius. You know, with his clothing line, and then you know you got David. You know, at Harvard, like fuck. You know yeah, what I'm like, saying? And you write these books. You know. so <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And it's one of them things where, you know, it's healthy competition and it, it's going to just drive you to that point. You don't ever want to, you know, have a circle of f- friends that keeps you slumming. You know what I'm saying? And right. staying in the same place. It's always raising up a level. So, yeah, that's that's nothing but love. But talk to me about this title. This title was epic, man. How'd you come up with that, though? I, 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 I think I expressed, like, that first page. Because it was, like, we uh-huh. got straight to the point. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, forget, fuck the cop, let's get straight to the point. Uh-huh. But, um, it was like I was going to, this is when I was going to Salem. Okay. I stopped Shout going. Shout out to Salem. Yeah, I stopped going because I just didn't feel comfortable being there. Okay. Like, I, where, I, you I, at, where you at now? Uh, actually, I do stream every morning. Okay, yeah, nothing every wrong time. with that. I actually get up hey, at seven thirty. Hey, you know what? <laughs> you know what? It's, it's wherever you worship at. You know what I'm saying? That's where church is. Yeah, you know, and I do the same thing though. Yeah, I, I stream. I stream all the time, or uh, you know, sometimes you know my mama drag me, but I always try to stream that word in the morning. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That Sunday morning before yeah. I head to work. You get in my work truck. You know, I watch yep. a, a video. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Trinity uh, United uh, Church. It's okay, in Chicago. That's where Shout actually Jeremiah. Yep, Jeremiah Wright used to preach. He was a pre-preacher okay. yeah, yeah. uh, Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III. Yeah. So usually if you follow me on Facebook, I usually every Sunday I'll get like a quote from Dr. Otis Moss. Yeah. He preaches liberation theology. Okay. Because yeah. a lot of... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was yeah. going to explain that. So yeah. A lot of churches, they do that prosperity gospel. Yeah. To me. <laughs> We might get, I think we're going to get in that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he preaches like liberation theology. So like the first time I heard him, uh-huh. dude was talking about like stuff that was really going on, like Michael Brown or Trayvon or Tamir Rice. It nice. wasn't like, no, we just going to pray on this. No, like, he like, no, nah, we're going to go to that cabin. We're going to make them. We're going we gonna to mess their money up. Uh-huh. We're going to make them listen. We're going to make them pay attention. Yeah. We're going to take their resources away. We're going to make them like respect us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I felt like I was hearing Farrakhan from a Christian standpoint. Yeah. And I was like, and ever since that, every morning I've been hooked. Okay, that's Because I really up. got, because I actually got on it because Dr. Mike Eric Dyson was a guest. Uh-huh. And then I kept going every week after that. That's what's up. Yeah, so circle back. You said you left Salem. Yes. And uh, so moving on, how'd you get to that title now? Yeah, so basically I was, when, I, when I first started going to Salem, I uh-huh. used to live in Black Zarbin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When okay. you drive there, yeah. I started noticing to get to Salem how many liquor stores I passed. <sighs> Because like man, when I go, <laughs> when I go by UNO, it's two churches yep, across the street, just yep, two. Yep. You don't see any liquor store at None all. At all. And I think that was the only. And you see, you see a lot of churches. Those are like those big temples that they have. Yeah, they yeah. have like those Catholic churches and Protestant churches. They're uh-huh. real big. Yeah. And because a lot of like black people think white people don't have churches. Yes, they do. They're just big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all go to the same one in the yeah, community. Yeah, like us, we, yeah, we have the small churches. ass ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they're not the only one with mega churches with uh-huh. mega money. So yeah, yeah. Don't fall into the hype because ours is very limited. So I'm going to Salem driving. I see all these liquor stores. Uh huh. And like literally, you can look at a liquor store and see Salem. And it's mm. like, like with Salem, 
It's like this pinnacle, this beacon of like hope. This big ass church across man, from they, the project they, they, was. They tore down the hilltop dirty <laughs> thirds for that church, man. That tripped me out, man. And it was crazy. Yeah. Now that you mentioned yeah. that, I remember I was in church uh-huh. and they was congratulating expanding the church by tearing down the projects. I'm like, yeah. y'all just basically gentrified poor exactly. people and exactly. move them somewhere so yeah. you can rush up and have a bigger parking lot. Exactly. And you proud of this shit? Yeah, man. Hilltop dirty third, boy. It used to go down, man. That, yeah. Yeah. That, that 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 hurt though, you know. Seeing that, like you said, because I, I didn't understand it at the time, you know, when it happened, I'm just like, how you gonna tear down a whole housing project and put a church there? You know what I'm saying? And, a whole uh, ass, a whole ass big church, you know, big ass church too. But I don't know, it is what it is. But you know that 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 really just kind of it kind of really blew my mind just seeing some shit like that, man. Which is crazy. But we're gonna move on though. Yeah. So um. Let's get into this book, though, man. Chapter three, like one of my favorite chapters, you know, it's titled Why Memory is Critical. Just talk to me first. You know, why did you choose to quote Joshua, you know, uh, four, one through seven? Because like with Joshua, they get, uh, they talk about they get 12 tribes. Uh-huh. And when you look at black people, we're not really one monolithic group. You know where we're not, you know, but white folks think that, but you know, that's Even a different some black story. Folks too. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you start talking about that, and then you know, you know, a brother, you know, a whole tepi ain't gonna hit you with. Well, you talking about intersectionality, brother? You know, and all this. <laughs> don't even fuck with Yeah, work. don't even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can we break Crenshaw? Exactly. Exactly. He started talking to talking that shit, but we are a complex people. But I ain't gonna cut you off. Go ahead, keep going, fam. Yeah, because he, he got twelve tries. So you got your black nationalists. You got uh-huh. your whole. Tepian, that's what yeah. I like to call them. Yeah, yeah. No disrespect to the actual culture they actually study Africana. Yeah, exactly. But not these niggas that's on the street. They find that one cloth that they yeah. got from that yeah. was probably made in China. <laughs> exactly. That Kente cloth from Korea. <laughs> yeah. My brother. Yeah. I get this word. Yeah. My brother. Yeah. I'm awaking right now. Exactly. Out there, niggas, boot, out there bootlegging hidden colors one through three. <laughs> one, one movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so woke right now. I don't celebrate Easter. Kick your damn hell. Exactly. Exactly. I'm staying home. Exactly. Yeah, we got those people. We got our black feminists. Uh huh. Uh, We got we got our integrationists. Yeah. We got our people that don't see color. We have like all these complex groups. Uh huh. But in Joshua, it talks about we got them twelve stones. Yeah. To show as a reminder, like when your kids ask you where you came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, that's why I love that. I love that passage because uh-huh. it's like you don't fight for victory, you fight from victory. Yeah. Because somebody already paved the way for you to get here. Uh-huh. Somebody already got lent. Somebody already walked those miles. Somebody got shot. Somebody got That's them real. dogs bit on them just so you to have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, just, mm-hmm. and you get people that get these degrees. It's like somebody fought for you that will never even have access to that degree. Exactly. So it's like you have to be thankful every time. Exactly. So it's like exactly. it's not about taking a vow of poverty. Like you got to work in social service. Because I'm like we. we Everybody, we black people need money. Exactly. We need yep. to build this capital up. Yep. Don't forget who paid the way for you to get this money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, I'm sorry, you about to say something? No, no, go ahead. Yeah, man. that's what I'm about to say. Like, when we talked uh, previously about like God, like uh, churches, like they uh-huh. uh, preach this pro- uh, prosperity gospel. It's like almost like this get paid. They use Jesus like as an entrepreneur, a capital materialism. Yep, absolutely. It's like they don't talk about the blood. Nope. They don't talk about the blood or the blood, the blood or the bloodshed or the sacrifice nope. or the help in the service. It's about getting your cash on. Yep. And it's like, is that what really Malcolm X died for? Is that what Fannie Lou Hammer got her ass beat for? Is that, is that what Rosa Parks sat on that bus for? So you to get money and this dog somebody? Exactly. exactly. That's why memory is critical to me. Okay. That's, that's what's up. Yeah, that's one of my favorite chapters in this book. Um, and then 
jumping jumping ahead uh chapter 13 black exceptionalism define that for me and then just tell me you know what it looked like because you kind of talked about that a little bit Okay, actually, from like black exceptionalism, yeah, I'm looking at that from like a white gauge. Okay, like you get these like you get these. You got black your white folk glasses on. Yeah. Okay, okay. You got you got these black folks coming in. They mm-hmm. speak the king's English to the queen's taste. <laughs> they got a nice haircut. They Church. don't have parts in their heads. They don't <laughs> yeah. wear braids. They don't uh-huh. got dreads. Uh-huh. They real crisp. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they got that nice Wednesday night. And <laughs> they come in these spaces. Uh huh. And you can look at Barack Obama, I'm sorry, President Barack yeah, Obama, yeah. as a quizzical uh, definition of what black exceptionalism is from the white gauge. Yeah. It's like, he did it, why uh-huh. can't you do it? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Barack Obama, President Obama, he's the president of, not, of, the, of the free world. Why is Jamal still failing class? <laughs> we don't need to give you any resources. Yeah, yeah. He can make it out the out the door. I mean, out the dirt. It's like this. It's like Republican conservative like uh, notions of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh man, that's oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's basically what black exceptionalism means to me. Because like when I used to work at the courthouse, uh huh. We would like mind you, I work at the courthouse. Yeah. So every time something happens on the news and people get arraigned at the at the courthouse, you always see the cameras. You always see all the police outside. Mm-hmm. And then they always want to talk about it. Yeah. Because it's always busy. Yeah. Yeah. Let like five shootings happen over the weekend. Man. Oh, did you hear about that? Brandon? Yeah. Yeah. And they like actually do you do you did you know him? I'm like, uh, why would I know him? Exactly. <laughs> and it was like, why does it? Why don't you came from those same communities? You lived in North Omaha. How did you make it? Yeah. It's there like is yeah, there's <laughs> nothing more more infuriating than white folks coming up to you asking you about some bullshit that happened in the hood. You know what I'm saying? There is nothing more infuriating because you feel like you're on the spot and you have to be the fucking, you know, spokesperson for all black people because right. you're the only black person that they interact with. And you're like, what the fuck do I look like? But man, in the same chapter, though, <laughs> you, you, you speak about a conservative coworker who doesn't see race, that mythical ass person. Uh, talk to me about that conversation and the mythical purple people. I like how you put that. And you know it's crazy. She's probably going to watch it. I just like, <laughs> and I actually, she, we real, because she actually bought my book. Okay. And she, she, suppress, she supports Donald Trump. So I'm like, I sold my book to a Trump about hey, Trump support. Hey, dollars $15. Yeah, yeah, hey, you got <laughs> that capital. Yeah. But I'm just saying, she, she like, we, we actually have like dope conversations. Uh-huh. That's why I, that's why I prefer conservative, uh, yeah. white conservative over white liberals. Because they'll keep it 100 with yeah, I'm like, yeah. keep it real with me. You don't like yeah. my ass, don't like my ass, or you don't like certain policies. That's Abs- cool. Absolutely. But like, it's like when Malcolm X <laughs> talked about you know liberals and conservatives. You know the fox and the wolf. I did a show about that a few few weeks ago about that. But yeah, go ahead, go it was ahead. It's a dope show. I actually watched that. No, I, appreciate I watched. It. It. I actually listened to them all. But uh, it was, it was crazy. It was about Mike Brown. Oh, I'm shit. about to. I'm on my way to break. Uh huh. And I and this is my mantra when I was at that job. Yeah. I'm getting all 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so she for she was like, I don't know. I don't even know how the conversation came apart uh, about. She was uh-huh. just like, but I can't, why are they complain? Why are they protesting and complaining? He stole cigars. Oh my and I'm god. Like, and and that, and and you think about that like the the fucking thought process like somebody stealing some cigarillos two for ninety nine cents even, <laughs> even if that is even if it was him because I don't even know if they've been proven or whatever but right. anyway that justifies this black man being smoked in the middle of the street some ninety nine cent cigarillos you know what I'm saying and then you think about that you know it feels like anything is justifiable homicide when it comes to black folks man man or woman it's the whole black boogeyman boogie woman thing you know if they do one you do one little thing 
you know what I'm saying? It, it justifies the homicide, you know, and it's that cognitive dissonance, you know, not feeling anything for black folks. But go ahead, though, fam. Yeah, so it's like we, we come in and it's like... Like she's like, I don't see color. I don't care if you white, black, <laughs> uh, green, or purple. And I'm like, name uh, one purple person you saw. I asked her like, name one purple person you saw. Yeah, there you go. Call out that bullshit. <laughs> and, like, and I'm joking. I mean, I, I put it in a joke. It's like, yeah, you say you don't see color. You don't care if they're purple. If you don't see color, how do you know they're purple? No, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. And I was like, you know what? Would you like to take an implicit bias test? Man, and, <laughs> Did man. Take that? yeah, yeah. Like, we can get we can get real with it. Exactly. And I was like. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You have other people that can that do far worse, yeah. and they don't get shot by the police. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're not asking for special treatment. Mm-hmm. We're not asking for preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. We want equality. I want the same respect that somebody else get. I want you to put the cuffs on me. I, I want you to mind your own damn business. Exactly. Because if exactly. anybody else would jaywalk in... On a, a matter of fact, if you was in downtown St. Louis, uh-huh. jaywalking, and wasn't any cars coming, yeah. ain't no car, ain't no cop harassing no, a lawyer. Exactly. But you are, you harassing a black man that's walking across the street to his home. Exactly. You wanted that altercation. Yeah. And you got a little bit more than you bit for because exactly. that nigga punched you in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you want to pull that equalizer out. Uh-huh. Shout out to De- Dr. Francis Questwell. Yeah, yeah, the, the great equalizer. Yeah, y'all need to read the ISIS papers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, my fam got right back up. And yeah, then it was in. You know, he had to hit that headshot. But, um, it, yeah, it's fucked up, though, because, you know, everybody tried to justify, you know, the cops killing a black person, you know, over the littlest shit, the simplest shit. But, you know, moving on, though, in the same chapter, you know, you talked about, you know, uh, blacks integrating into the private and government sectors. What do you mean about that? And why is it? Why do you feel it's important? I feel it's government. We pay taxes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so those, those jobs too. Yeah. We pay taxes. So I don't like, ain't nobody, I know you get those, like those people say you need to do your own business. That's all we all need. We just need business. We don't need to work with white folks. No, we pay taxes and taxes pay for those jobs and we deserve those jobs. And my thing is, if you're complaining about police in black communities, you should want to be a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, that's why I believe in community policing. Yeah, Live in a neighborhood that you police. Absolutely. So that's why you know who these kids are. Absolutely. And then you, you don't end up like shooting like a Tamir Rice or a uh-huh. Michael Brown or you don't follow a Trayvon Martin when he walks home uh-huh. or a Rakia Boyd. Yeah. But that's why I believe in community policing. We need to get in those government because we need to change these policies and laws too. Absolutely. Because like we can... We can Economic basis, they mm-hmm. are perfect. We need those. Yeah. But at the same time, those economic bases, they need to work cultimoniously cult- with the government. Bingo. And then Bingo. when you got two black people working together at the same time from different sectors, yeah. it's only magic that can happen. Exactly. Absolutely. And then, like with uh, the private sector, like mm-hmm. sector, we don't own a lot of major networks. Uh-huh. Like old girl that got on with ABC. Yeah. I remember yeah, I actually yeah. put that on Facebook. Two people came at me like why is this an accomplishment? We don't own anything, so what's a big deal? And I'm like, uh-huh. I have a little sister. Yeah, yeah. She needs to see positive light on TV. You can get me on ABC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want her to see that. Yeah. And that way, and like, like, um, like you, like you know, like you talking to other podcasts. 
when you get you work for white people, uh-huh. you learn the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> then you build your game. own. You bring build, it back yep. to you. Yep, I soak so up that, all the game I can. Jay Z, that nine to five, you go that ten to six. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why we need to integrate. I'm not saying like you need to be kumbaya. We white brothers and black brothers and white sisters and black sisters. Like no, you learn as much as you can. Bring it back to the hood, and we build that hood back up instead of trying to move out to another community. Trying to live out west and get away from black people because you know Absolutely. I don't want to live by those niggas. Absolutely, we got Absolutely. niggas that work downtown, but yeah. we we'll live on 144. All right, that's that's perfect. <laughs> let's, let's speak about those niggas. So, you, chapter 14, the black educated class. You compare successful blacks to peacocks. So, break that down for the people. Why did you compare these black folks to peacocks? And I know people don't like how to think critically, so let me explain when I say successful. It yeah. ain't all of them. It ain't yeah. absolute term. Yeah, a lot of. Them. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if you familiar with peacock they're yeah. very colorful birds a lot of feathers but they can't fly yeah because they're like drowned down in their feathers and their color i mean their feathers they're colorful fle- uh, feathers so they can't fly uh-huh that's what you get a lot of these like this black educated class yeah and i know i know a lot of people are in the black educated class i'm cool with a lot uh-huh. i'm not seeing them they are peacocks absolutely a lot of people put that work in yeah yeah shout out to my boy dr dyson dr uh-huh. cornell west yeah dr boyce Watkins. yeah they put that work in yeah Even they do Mark Lamont Hill, even though he did some funny stuff yeah, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was cooning a little bit. He hopped That's on that train boy. a little bit. He did a couple things. I, yeah. I still don't respect him yeah. for that. Yeah. When he shared that thing about uh, Dr. West on the yeah, day that, she was, that was fucked up. That was fucked <laughs> up did, on his Facebook. And he yeah. did something with uh, Umar yesterday. Yeah. So I, I, bro, we got to bring him back home. We got to bring him back home <laughs> for yeah, a little bit. I still fuck with him. That's still my boy. Yeah. I, I, I still respect that, brother. He taught me a lot. But, uh-huh. like... It's people that actually put that work in, but like when you get people that are so concerned about their status, yeah, it's like, look at me, look at me. I got my riches and I got my bins. I got uh-huh. my Beamer. I got the condo downtown, paying 1400 for 600 yeah. square feet. I'm here. Man. I made it. Yeah. I work yeah. at X and such yeah. and such. I ain't going to say uh-huh. the name because you're yeah. not going to do that work at those companies. Yeah, 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 I work yeah, there. I, I work there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. made it. I got 70. I'm on, I'm on the other side of 60000 a year. Uh-huh. We made it. Yeah. But it's like, they don't want to lose that. Yeah. So, like, when they get into, like, white spaces, uh-huh. oh, I'm not like those brothers. I don't go to that side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I eat sautéed vegetables. I don't eat with, a, with pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't eat my chicken fries. It's baked. All, that's all we do is baked. Mm-hmm. They change, like, their whole demeanor. They start brushing their hair to the back. And it's like, <laughs> you don't ever trust a brother who brushes hair to the back. Don't, right, shout out to my homie Skip Gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. He got his wake up call when he tried to break back in his house. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) Neighbors called the cops on his black ass quick, boy. Yeah, he he turned to Malcolm X for that good week. Yeah. <laughs> Had him at the damn beer something when he looked yeah. in the face. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm going to have that fist up high today. Yeah. But yeah, that's that black educated black. They're so scared of losing their status and their prestige that uh-huh. they don't want to defend other black people. It's like, yeah, they don't care about the poor people, the marginalized people. They don't want to help them out. They won't even write you a letter of recommendation. I even put you on with a menial job. Yeah, because yeah. Because it's like, I don't want you to look bad on me. I exactly. can't. I don't go to like, because I remember I was when I was working at uh, another company. Uh huh. I had a, like a you know I had a bougie like one of them, like I call them fake like faux bougie uh, top of the bottom type girls. Yeah, yeah. I was working with. Yeah, yeah. So we talking about like you know Omaha days. I'm about to be on the, on the deuce. Yeah, yeah, the deuce folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just kicking in, chilling with my people. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like most people like over forty. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, why 
why would I go downtown? They be starting fights and shooting. And uh, I remember she made up some mythical sh- people uh, shooting. I'm like, yeah. that didn't even happen. <laughs> I'm like, you don't get the fuck about it. Exactly. So that's that black educated class that they're they're too concerned with their own resources and personal identity to look out for the people people that are the most vulnerable. So that's what that black educated class is. Okay. About. That's one of my favorites actually. Yeah, and then you also you know kind of spoke on you know a lot of these people you know like you said is like one paycheck away. You know, from from dropping down in class. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah that was a dope chapter, man. They don't I really, know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really appreciated that chapter. You really kind of broke down the game. And I'm then, in that black educated class, so I'm I, I, I'm holding myself responsible to love hey, people too. There you go. There you go. It's just always about you know just just staying true to your roots. You know what I'm saying? There's right. nothing wrong with making it. We ain't trying to shame nobody for making it. But you know, just just recognize where you come from and always show love. You yeah, know what keep I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> keep your hair wrapped and. Th- that do rag yeah, on. Do rag and shoes. There you go. There you go. Yeah, walk a fine line between the sun and the moon. All right. All right. So uh, jumping forward to uh, chapter seventeen. This, this was a dope one because I I grew up with nothing but strong women. But it's called you know the pain in being a strong black woman. Okay. So just talk to me about why do you think there isn't any safe spaces? You know, or if there are, I might not be knowledgeable. You know, for uh, black women to share their traumatic experiences because a lot of times, you know, we put so much on these sisters. They gotta be hard and soft at the same time they gotta be our mama and our daddy and we made it cool for them to be a single parent we made it acceptable like we don't shame the men back into the house you know we just kind of treat them uh so to speak like a baby boy so just kind of talk about you know do you think are there any safe spaces or if there's not why isn't there any safe spaces for black women to share their traumatic experience you want to count twitter and tumblr <laughs> <laughs> you see them already. Hey, <laughs> hey, and sometimes hey, i gotta count yeah, that down yeah. like pause that like you know yeah sometimes you get a lot of it like a lot of extremists on the internet yeah but, like, absolutely. i don't think they really have any i uh-huh. mean they might have in the beauty shop i don't go in there yeah but like in public you really can't because it's like they're the only people at home. You got a lot of uh, men that got knocked up with the mass incarceration. Uh-huh. A lot of people unemployed. You got a lot of ain't shit niggas too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They, they, they plant these seeds and they leave. Exactly, and exactly. Then, and I'm not saying I'm giving them any excuses, but like, uh-huh. like, like I said uh, previously, when you have mass incarceration, you have they don't have ample employment. It's almost like you ashamed to go home and be broke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. It's like when you get those people when they move out of town. Uh-huh. They, the first like month they on IG just living it up. I'm in the Man, club right now. It's Yo lit. Gotti up there. Yeah, yeah, it's lit. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. lit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they come back to and, they have, and when they can't afford to live it, they come back. It's almost like damn, I gotta hide myself. They don't even let you know they in town till you see them randomly at the uh, grocery store. You know, you know what? That's that's why my 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 Twitter handle, and my IG handle is Omaha Hostage, like Hostage of Omaha. You know, that's my blog spot page. I, I chose that name because so many people that I love and I know, they always, you know, talk about leaving and then, and, you know, they always talk about Omaha's holding them back, but it's all about work ethic. You know what I'm right. saying? There's so many people, you know, who blame it on the city. Now I can see like, if you about that gang life, you know, the block is hot for you and things like that, but these just square ass folks, you know what I'm saying? Square ass women and men, you know, talking about, oh, well, I need to leave here and all this other stuff. So that's why I kind of changed my handle to that. Um, just to kind of show that, you know, you can live it up in Omaha. You know, so many people say you can't do shit in Omaha, ain't shit to do in Omaha and all this other bullshit and nonsense. It's like, come on, there's there's plenty of shit to do. Just make sure you travel, though. You yeah. know, a lot of times it's people who who still stay on their block and just go to work. 
and come back home. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And they spend their money in the same places and things like that. And they don't try to do new things. There's always festivals going on. There's a great music scene right. here. All kind of shit. But yeah, I'm gonna get back to the plan of a strong black woman. Yeah. Plan of being a strong black woman. But I want to yeah. on the point you just said because we actually have like a like uh, the urban league. They have like a young professional group. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. A lot yep. of black. You want to meet other black people? I think they meet. They meet this Tuesday or Monday. Don't quote me. Find one of them. Okay. I think it's at like the Barbara uh, Center at UNO, and you actually meet a lot of people. And they're actually trying to do things to keep people to stay here and uh-huh. actually build up the city. Good. So, I mean, we are trying in Omaha. They are trying. Now, I'm yeah. gonna say we because I, I ain't been involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you got to get involved. I, 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 I need to get, get involved credit. too, though. Yeah, I yeah. Trying to get the credit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah with the pain of being a strong black woman, they really don't have safe spaces because, like, you got to raise all these kids. Uh-huh. Still got to go to work. And then, like, when I'm on the internet, I see, like, a lot of these statuses, it's like, child support is like the uh, broke woman's hustle. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, bro, yeah, yeah. you know this shit costs. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, they, and it's like, you got to factor in daycare. Yeah, you got yeah, to factor in like having a stable car. Like uh-huh. these people are teen parents, they have yeah. parents, they don't even have like a diploma. Uh-huh. They're probably making 30000 a year, yeah. if that. If that, if that. And then they get SNAP benefits, like, bro, uh-huh. you, your child, bro. Yeah, exactly. You should, that should make you ashamed of yourself. Yeah, that's your seed. And that, that's like I said in the beginning, you need to, like, our community needs to start holding these men accountable right. for laying down with these women. And if, you know, if they if they don't want, excuse me, if they don't want to, you know, deal with that, the child's mother and things like that, they need to deal with their child directly. They right. need to handle their responsibility and things of that sort. But even before it even gets to that point, we need to start, you know, talking about, you know, safe sex practices. Right, right. Too. You know, that's 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 a really important thing right there instead of, you know, always shooting up the damn club and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but then you got to think about, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you got to think about, you know, buying that plan B pill, you know, for 50 bucks. I mean, do you want to do that or do you want to be sitting in court, you know, dealing with some shit for 18 years? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Lock your you, ass up. Exactly. Exactly. You be in like on that new age plantation, you know, trying to work that shit off. But yeah. also in the same chapter, you know, kind of talk to me about why why can't black women show their pain? Why do you think it's always that stone front, just so strong? And I know you, I know you probably dated some strong black women. I have Several. too, contrary Several. to popular belief. You know, even though I'm getting married, um, you know, I've dealt with a lot of strong women. But it takes so much, you know, in that first dating stage to kind of break down the barriers, not to make her submissive or something like that, but just to be open with you so can you kind of talk about that why do you think black women can't you know show their pain yeah because granted you have like the world watching you have yeah. the kids watching you can't let them see their mama crying so uh-huh. like, you see a lot of people, they'll, they'll say i cry when i'm going to sleep i'm yeah. crying in the shower uh-huh. because like you don't want your child to see your pain because you don't want them to reflect that yeah I mean, and then again, you're almost ashamed. You like you seeing your why is mommy crying? Uh huh. You don't want in and as much as we talk about like the relationship between black men and black women, yeah, they don't want their child to disrespect their, their father. Yeah, as, as hard as they try, they, some some of them do, but a lot of them they don't want that. Yeah, and then also they they can't really show it because mm-hmm. like when do they have time? Yeah, they have two three jobs. That's that's true. That's and true. Some of them going. I mean, I'm, some of them going to school. Yeah, like they don't have time to show this pain. Exactly. And I think um, one of the things that they kind of fucked with me, like, once I became adult, is, like, once you see your mom as an adult, yeah. you know, as a normal woman instead of, like, that superhero to you, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking, you know what I'm saying? Because you're like, fuck, my mom went through all this shit. Like, you just now, like, she's, she'll tell you stories, you know, once you get grown about how she had to sacrifice this, yeah. that, and the third, and you like, god damn, I couldn't even Fake imagine doing that. Man, just... 
fucking half crazy, on a man. bill just so they don't cut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Just, just fucking bananas, Make, making man. up meals, yeah. mixing stuff together. Cause I remember one time, uh, I remember she makes greens with cabbage. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Freezing stuff over and bringing it back another holiday. Uh-huh. Like, I remember free getting um I remember getting like uh Christmas greens frozen yeah. and had them like two or three months later. Man. Yeah, man. It growing up in the struggle is tough, man, but salute to all our women out there, man. Yeah, you know, so. salute to all them, but these I mean, we really got to hold these bum ass men accountable. Right. You know what I'm saying? There all needs to be a a program task force or something, or something. <laughs> exactly a black task force there you go the, the dad force you know what i'm yeah. saying remember the mad dads way back when you yeah. know used to hold you know brothers accountable out here gang banging and shit like that but we made it so cool you know for women to be single and to raise these kids and it's a fucking burden you know not to say that your child is a burden but it's tough though you yeah. know what i'm saying and you know i look at people you know who had both parents growing up and shit like that and they're just happy as hell and you know strong relationships and they know how to you know, keep building and moving on and things like that in life. But, you know, you grow up, you know, under a single parent household and then you think that the struggle is supposed to be normal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You normalize, you know, traumatic experiences. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like dealing with like maybe like you got to shut off notice. You're like, fuck, you know, I got to, you know, if, if I if I pay this, then I won't eat. And then you're like, fuck, I'll just eat and be without my lights for a couple of weeks. You know, that's not normal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's not fucking normal. And, you know, then you got a lot of men out here you know acting like hoes they don't know what they want to do you know running off at the lip can't really handle their business they get frustrated and you know get to bitching and complaining (laughs) like a woman you know what i'm saying because they seen their mom do that yeah you know and i was fortunate enough me and my baby brother you know my mom kept us in programs you know basketball Mm -hmm. why shit like that so you always had you know you know that male bondage because you always you know little boys are always looking for you know that male energy you know trying to see how to be a man and things like that but you know these these you know we really got to start holding each other accountable and start being a community again yeah because so. like again because like you have we have shortage of, of black mentors yeah man absolutely mentors. they're always looking for you, them. you know you know what's crazy about that though man because my lady's Go a ahead. teacher and uh you know Was and she she, she teaches up there at pinewood okay, off of cool. Sorensen. okay and uh she yeah she uh and she talks about this all the time she says that you know they need to be have some black male mentors yes. there for them because it's nothing but you know white women teaching in there. You know right. there's there might I think there might be like one male teacher there, but she says it's it, it's just you know and a lot of times you know I try to put her on game and things like that and uh, but she says it's just so important because there's no male teachers around at all. You know what I'm saying and and then so you just see these you have these little boys just running around rampant and just being having a having a finger waved at them by a woman and then they think that's the way to act and shit like that and so it's just crazy just yeah. crazy i don't mean to rant and shit no, like you that because i was actually about to yeah get, get off from that point which you could, it goes back to like painting being a strong black woman it's yeah like, you got black women that are raising these boys by themselves uh-huh. and we just letting them vent and then we wondering why like these men are growing up and not being able to take care of themselves exactly and then and this shit that gets on my damn nerves yeah Cause I think we had this when the dude killed like the mother of his child. I guess she might have been carrying it. The mm-hmm. other young dude, and he was like on Facebook bragging. Yeah, about yeah, him. he's on Facebook talking about you know well, I'm uh, he, he a real star or some yeah. shit like that. Like, but what the fuck's wrong with that you? That killed me. It wasn't yeah. even about him. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pray for that brother that he uh-huh. gets his life together. Cause I mean, you gonna have to live out that forever. Cause you yeah. young, you're a young one. Your exactly. life is done. Yeah, yeah. You had a bunch of these niggas. Yeah, you gonna have to stay out that library in Tecumseh too, cause that's where it go down there. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> niggas booty holes be getting took up oh, there in the shit. library, but. <laughs> 
Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, my bad. But no, you, you get a, you, you had a bunch of these niggas on yeah. the internet. Uh-huh. Oh, we need to take back our community. Yeah. They start quoting Malcolm X to uh-huh. the They black the, pride. The, them, them social media warriors. Yeah. <laughs> One week later, ain't heard a, di- a mumbling word. Nothing. Nothing. I, I was in inboxes. You know the yeah. hundred black men? They looking yeah. for mentors right now. You know yeah. the app? Yeah. I can send my my boy my, uh, my uh, Eric Ewing. Uh-huh. I'll give him your contact info. Yeah. They said damn words. Exactly. Yeah. Do it for the likes. Yeah. Exactly. Doing it for the likes, and then you know I think there's some kind of relief. And, you know, them just tweeting out, you know, how or Facebook status, you know, of what they're feeling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it actually has to be some action behind it. It right. has to be, you know, I'm going to have to do a show about how to be a man. You know what I'm saying? With just, the streets need it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah they're they, they, they going to need it. You know, because with me being 32 right now, it was more so trial and error. Just being out there on my own and just like... Fuck, okay, I gotta figure this shit out. You know, I'm I ain't trying to go back in my mama basement, you know, things like that and just dealing with that kind of struggle and you know, and you don't wanna like going back to before, you don't wanna be the friend that didn't make it. Right. You know, you don't wanna just be that bum ass nigga out here like, man, what you been up to? Shit, trying to find a <laughs> job. You know what I'm saying? Shit, I'm, ju- I'm just out here. I'm just out here, you know what I'm saying? Trying to stay out the way. You know what I'm- <laughs> exactly, exactly. Trying not to get arrested, bro, trying to stay away from them folks, you know. You don't wanna be that nigga exactly <laughs> fuck the one time you know what i'm saying you cuz you don't want to you don't want to be that but in the same sense uh, i feel like with you know the whole you know the pain and being a strong black woman i feel like you know we need to stop shaming you know like therapy and yeah. psychiatry and things like that because i actually go see a therapist just dealing with some shit trying to be a better man for my lady yeah. you know once i get married and things like that and i remember i told my mom about it and she, 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 you know, she's Probably like, oh, you know, she, you know, she told me I need to go to church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, Jesus ain't going to tell me what I need to do to process my emotions because I'm very cold. And uh, and she and then, you know, and then she was like, well, you ain't thinking about doing nothing to yourself, are you? I'm like, man, I ain't about to kill myself or nothing. I just want to be a better man for my wife. You know what I'm saying? Once I get married, I want to I want to be there for her. And then once I start having kids, I want to be that man, you know, that that all around good man you know and you know she just was like you know she sent me this long text message about praying for me and I need to come to church with her I'm like no we need to stop shaming you know seeing a therapist or something like that because it feels good to you know get those emotions out and you have some shit you know in the back of your mind that you didn't even know was there you know what I'm saying so I mean black folks we really have to you know start thinking about our mental health because I feel like black folks are always in that mode of fight or flight Right? you know what I'm saying it's like it's like either I'm gonna run away from this shit and be a dusty nigga or I'm gonna fight to the fucking death of me and you shouldn't always be in that mode you know what I'm saying but that breaks down you know to the system of white supremacy but it also deals with you know how we were raised and how we see our mothers and sometimes some of us raised by single dads you know seeing them always struggle always in that fight mode fight fight gonna fight make it. yeah exactly you're gonna, gonna make a way exactly exactly if I think you say a lot of the one thing you said uh you have like a saying when you talk about it like we don't do prosperity or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like you 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 know we we're scared to thrive, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh you, you know we always it. survive instead of trying to thrive, right. you know what I'm saying? So we're good with just surviving. You know what I'm saying? We don't save money for a rainy day. You know, we think we don't, but then all of a sudden, you know, some J's dropping. It's just like, oh, shit. Right, release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got shit. that money in the bank. Yeah, I got that right now. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, okay, but you can't, you know, sit aside 10 to 15% of your paycheck. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. at the end of the year, you got a nice little nest egg and you keep building on that. 
And, um, yeah, that's you know, that's that fuck you money. Yeah, boss, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's that, you know, uh, some people say it, 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 it boils down from way back when, you know, when we had the Freedmen's Bureau and the Freedmen yeah, Bank. And, your money and yeah, and they stole our yeah. money. You know, yeah. you spend it before you get it. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, we just want to feel good. But we're always instant in that struggle. Yeah, instant gratification. We can't we can't see that finish line because of, you know, our environment and where we live in. Yeah. You know, you want to make it out so fucking far and you just like, you know, I'm done with the hood. I'm done with that. But then moving on to this next chapter right. in uh, Dear Young Brother. Um, that's you the know, one. yeah, okay. that's the second one. So, why'd you feel the need to write a second letter? Because the first one was Dear Young Nigga, dear, right? Dear, dear Young Real Nigga. Young Real Nigga, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk yeah. about me about the second letter. Why'd okay. you feel the need to write a second one? Yeah, because I know when I read, you read the first one, a lot of actually black people like, like black men love that one. Uh huh. But I know it's it, real, it had real and it had nigga in it. That's <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah. A lot of people actually shared that one. Like, shout uh-huh. out to James uh, yeah. Boy, because he actually put on his website. I didn't even know. Nice, nice. I just like Ramley shout, shout out to James. Yeah, the, the boy's a fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is, he is, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I was I reread it because I had to do it when I was doing, getting the book edited. Uh huh. And it was like, damn, it's a lot of respectability politics rooted in this. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Talk you, talk about respectability politics for anybody who don't know. Just explain it real quick. Yeah, that's basically just means you have to act a certain way to gain respect and to be uh-huh. able to thrive. And you basically have to condition yourself to act more in a Eurocentric way, and then instead of being like culturally. Uh, black basically gotcha okay. basically what I mean but I was like dear young brother it was like basically almost like an apology letter for like uh-huh. talking to you like that because I didn't understand like the systemic issues that keep you down exactly I, you, 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 did you feel like you were talking at them as a understanding understanding yeah, yeah okay. I, didn't, I didn't meet him where he was at yeah because yeah. a lot of times I, don't, I never want to be that dude that's, uh, that spits those rhetorical uh, pathological pathological bullets to put down yeah, yeah my yeah. thing is when you're talking like especially young black men as uh-huh. a black man yeah you want to love them first, mm-hmm. then you listen to them. Yeah. Then you challenge them, and then you transform them. The mm-hmm. first letter, I was trying to challenge you, then transform you. I wasn't listening to you, and, I, and it wasn't coming from a place of love. Yeah. It was almost coming from a place of, I did it, you can too. Uh-huh. And I wanted to make sure I sent him an apology letter for that one. That's why it's the second one. Yeah. And and basically, and it was almost like I was like kind of trying to sit a style of James Baldwin in uh-huh. his later years. That was basically like a letter to the young people, like a okay. love letter to the young people, a okay. joppy love. I know people don't know what love means. So, yeah, exactly. So it was like a love letter to the to the young brothers. Yeah, and, and the letter was dope. On page ninety eight, you had the green grass theory, which I like to call it, and okay. which is dope. And you said, always remember that grass is normal. We must stop using green grass as a ceiling for achievement. Now that that shit is dope, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though it's it. it it sounds it, stupid. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, we get so we're so happy to you know to do mediocre bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like when Chris Rock said his next door neighbor is a fucking dentist. You know what I'm saying? And he said the black man got to fly to where the white man can walk to. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 get you know black folks get so prideful about having this decent job and a home with a yard and it's like you're supposed to have that. Shit is you know? normal. Exactly. Yeah. So talk <laughs> like, about like, that though. Yeah, like green grass is basically like. People brag about having a green, uh, like a, a nice yard. Yeah, like it's like almost like that meme on Facebook. It's green wherever you water it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I, you get those people that they get their like first car. Like, uh-huh. I, I mean, I was like that when I first got my first car. But it's like, yeah, people uh, thirty years old uh-huh. got them with like a car that's only a year old. Yeah, man, God made a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it, nobody having a car is normal. Exactly. <laughs> you supposed to have one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But but I feel like a lot of us, you know, have that inferiority complex. Yeah. So the yeah, we so the that. so the the simplest shit, you know, is an achievement. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, Paid all my bills this month. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, nigga, I'm, you supposed to. <laughs> like, I got a little extra to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, no, because it's crazy. Like when you look at how much the average person like actually makes. I'm uh-huh. not sure what the numbers are now, but I think it was like about forty six thousand. Yeah. And I'm like, black people are making about. I think on average that's like 28 or uh-huh. 32 it's not yeah, really yeah. that it's large it's about 32 31, 32 yeah the average person and mm-hmm. it's like and they, they, they get, get them to like that $50,000 job at that such and such place in Omaha man, man. <laughs> they start shitting up like oh my I made it exactly they get that beam I'm like bro 50000 ain't shit man <laughs> let me tell you something when I got this job at Frito man driving man I told my mom about it and she she found out how much I was making in the early 50s she was like boy you made it I was like <laughs> like no I didn't make it I, I want to make three times this amount four yeah. times this amount but i understand where you're coming from mom dukes you know but it's like it's 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 not a, a achievement like when i told my my girls folks that and they were like oh that's a good job you know just like that oh, but you do afterwards. exactly yeah that's exactly what it was that's it's exactly yeah yeah exactly what do you want to do after that and i'm it, like bingo it, you know that's that just shows the mindset yeah because yeah, it's so crazy like when some of my friends come in my apartment in midtown yeah Granted, I, I live closer to the hood side of Midtown. Oh, on the north side. Not, not okay. Midtown. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, Midtown yeah. Cross, so I'm uh-huh. still in the hood. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they, see, they see like stainless steel, like refrigerators. Uh-huh. Right? And like them, those uh, microwaves and stuff, the yeah. gas stoves everybody got. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They like, damn, bro, how much <laughs> yeah. you pay for this? Bro? Like, exactly. bro, that shit is normal. Bro. Yeah. The stainless steel, B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on, fam. This shit is regular, dog. This yeah, Reggie, this dog. Yeah, this ain't uh, live so I can walk to work. Exactly, exactly. And that and that's the crazy thing about it. You know, so many of us are getting to a point, you know, where, you know, where we're kind of, you know, creeping into that middle class area, if there even, even is a middle so class anymore. You know, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so many people before us or, you know, a little bit younger or something like that or somebody who doesn't have that hard grind work ethic, you know, they see us making it, but you always want to be that inspiration. You know what I'm saying? And so... It's not a shaming, you know, folks out here on the grind and shit like that. It's just, it's normal. It's it's okay to, you know, spend your paycheck on your bills and still have some money left over. That's sure. normal. That's regular. It should be like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it shouldn't be that fight or flight mode all the fucking time. You know what I'm saying? You should have some good days too. Yeah. So, all right, this chapter 22 a black monster, O.J. fucking Simpson, Orenthal James Simpson. <laughs> All right, it's very fitting that you wrote about him. You know, we got the FX series going on and being acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. This my man's a prophet right here. This is fucking uh, Brandon Domus right here. But uh, when the the FX series is reenacting this trial, uh, so right, why did you uh, choose to write about the juice and the black monster uh, chapter? Uh, I was gonna write about someone else that we're not talk about. <laughs> yeah, we, we ain't gonna, <laughs> we ain't gonna, do gonna that. talk about that. Yeah, he was about to buy NBC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole hood about to have pudding pops. Yeah, <laughs> stay woke. <laughs> But keep going, fam. <laughs> I chose OJ yeah. because it was almost like he was like this racially ambiguous person. Uh-huh. He was Tiger Woods before Tiger Woods. Exactly. exactly. But the thing about OJ, he didn't shit on black folks, so we still loved him. And plus, he was in Roots. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we love everybody that's yeah, his, in Roots. His big ass head was in Roots. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> he hit that stride, though. Yeah, yeah. Thought, he was, thought yeah. he was in Buffalo. Uh-huh. But yeah, I chose OJ. Isotopes. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you actually look at the reenactment, I don't, I, granted, I think 
I was like about four, but I still remember. Uh-huh. This is when my grandmother, like I said earlier, pulled me by that collar. Yeah. Don't bring that shit in this house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I picked OJ because like if you were alive during that time, so basically mm-hmm. if you were like maybe 27 and up, you yeah. remember this. Yeah. Like absolutely, this was black folks was riding for him. Yeah. I think we rode harder for OJ than Obama in that, 08. Oh hell yeah, we did. Hell yeah, <laughs> we, we wanted did. him to win this one. Exactly. Plus I mean, you had uh, Cochran on his damn team too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's crazy? What's crazy about Cochran though? You know he was gonna fight for you know uh, reparations yep. for black and folks, and then yeah, then that aneurysm happened, which kind of fucked up. But keep going, fam. Keep going. Yeah. So it was like they made him into a monster. Man. It was like, and then if you actually, look, I think it was on the cover of Time. Mm-hmm. They darkened his face. They made fam almost made like Wesley was, Snipes. Yeah, <laughs> they actually darkened his face. Yes, they did. And and, and actually, it, it was so amazing. And again, let me let me plug out Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. If you read uh, between uh, between God and Gangster Rap, that's kind of how the title came with the play on words. Okay. Between God and Gangster Rap, he actually talks about OJ. So read that. Okay. But it was like with black people, it was almost, it was like black and white. Uh-huh. And then this is in LA too. So yeah. it was like we ha- we got a ride for this brother. Mm-hmm. And they basically they made him into a monster. And it's like you, you, when you're watching the trial and it's like, damn, you demonize not just OJ but every black man in America. Yeah. And it's like you made him into this monster and it's almost like when you walk outside in the street as a black man, you feel like this monster figure. Like when you're walking on the street, you see people clutch their purse. Yeah. Man. You notice that. You in uh-huh. the elevator even though we're conditioned Everybody is like to get to open space. Yeah, they go all the way to the other side exactly. when they see a black man. Exactly, it's almost, they have like this fear. Uh-huh. Like I tell like my boys all the time, like I refuse to get on the elevator with a white woman because I'm like scared what I yeah. could be charged with. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. And that's basically how to, that, why I chose OJ because I felt like I saw myself in him during the incident I had like a few months ago. Uh huh. So that's why OJ was that because he he was basically that de- my first definition of what a black monster meant into like dominant white hegemonic society. Got you, got you. I got a story about OJ, man. Uh, I'm I'm older than you. About what were you? 88. Yeah. Okay, 88. I'm 83. Uh, man, after the trial, when the trial was going on, um, shit. How, how old was my little brother? My brother was. I don't even know if my brother he was born yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was born in '92. I was four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> So I, I don't know, maybe Mom Deuce was, uh, I don't know, maybe she was pregnant or whatever. But anyway, um, we're walking through, um, you remember where Homer's used to be at Saddle Creek, you know, yep. where the Target is? So we're walking through that parking lot. We're walking because uh, that no frills over there used to be Albertsons. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're walking from there to go to Target to get stuff for the house. And this white lady is walking towards us, and she stops us. Looks dead at us and say, I don't think OJ did. I just wanted <laughs> you to know that. And I didn't understand that. And my mom brings it up all the time, every once in a while when we just sitting up shooting the shit. And she just had the need to tell us that she know that she didn't think OJ did. And I'm like, bitch, we walking through a parking lot. Like, think about it now. I'm like, we walking through a parking lot. We worried about your ass. Like, it's like we were saying, I voted for Obama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, hey, okay. I'm, hey, I'm a good white person. You know what, what I'm saying? I, like, I always hit him like, I voted for Romney. What's up? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, it's like what. Like, I, 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 you, you like, I still can't process me. it, you know? You know what that reminds me of? This girl when I used to work, a white liberal when I used to work at the courthouse. Okay. She used to, all, she used to tell me a story every week yeah. about her husband that went to North. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I remember one day, not to get off topic, Yeah. it, it was so hilarious. One day, she thought I was a, because it's actually in that book. Okay. It, I think, I can't. I think I can't remember which. I think it's my nigga, your nigga. Yeah, yeah. My nigga, your nigga. But whatever. Uh-huh. She was like, um, 
did you have uh have you ever had the how, how she's, she's like how is the fried chicken at big mama's kitchen and i said <laughs> i've never been to big mama's in my life yeah, yeah, so yeah, i yeah. said so i actually i was like miss such and such uh-huh. why did you think i was a punion for fried chicken <laughs> <laughs> and she just looked at me and i'm like yeah she's like I'm just, I'm really want to I really want to know. I yeah. like fried I like Popeyes, but I've never had Big Mama's fried chicken. Yeah, Jesus, man, it's it, that's that's going back to the you know black concert. I mean the white conservatives and the white liberals because you know they trying to prove that they're liberal, but it's that low key racism shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just sly as a goddamn right. fox. Everybody boy. hates Chris. Yeah, yeah. I understand why. Is your father at home? Maybe that's why your grades are so low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just that it's always that assumption shit. But anyway, in the same chapter, oh, man, you got to talk to me you know where i'm going with this yeah, you had them know. boys at your door because of fucking sex trafficking you got you got to clear this oh, up for me fam <laughs> mind you i was not sex trafficking yeah. anything at all i'm okay. a square okay <laughs> my man's on his l7 right here but he got he got clear the air though once you read that chapter though talk to me about it yeah though, fam. and i felt that was the last chapter in the book and i felt like that was the chapter that finished it because i felt like I, that story had to be told uh-huh. it started because i was like in a training uh, uh thing in uh, uh fremont nebraska mm-hmm. mind you no nigga deserved to be in Fremont, Nebraska. Hey, let me tell you weeks. something, man. I, I deliver out there sometimes, man, and I'm the only black person in that whole city that strip on East 23rd Street or whatever. Where runs it Yeah, yeah. Where that runs it that Walmart and that Hy-Vee's right there and yep. then there's a Baker's on the other side. Man, I get my black ass out of there so quick, boy, but so go many, ahead. So many tr- uh, pickup trucks. Yeah, yeah, American exactly. Flags. Exactly. Nothing but, but flags and pickups. Exactly. So I had a, a book called The Possessive Investment in Whiteness that I was reading on my breaks. And, you know, uh-huh. I, I slipped up. I ain't, I ain't turned the book over. No, <laughs> yeah, the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm not ashamed of reading. I'm like, exactly. And Nothing wrong with knowledge. One of the white dudes, he saw the book, so he started, he started being real funny style. Uh-huh. He didn't say anything directly to me. Yeah. So he went to the other black dude, one other black male in our training class. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get on my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, dude made it seem like he was down, but he had to be low key, sharp, shoot, cooning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you're still rocking with this dude after he yeah, called yeah. me like an artist. Reverse racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have been one of those accidental racism. I'm sorry. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> forgive me for my gold chains. Shout and out I to forgive my nigga this. James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, he is a possessive investment in whiteness and how white people benefit from identity politics. Okay. So I got all these people coming up, like, people coming up to me, like, Oh, what's the book you're reading? I'm so I'm like just in possessive investment. Yeah. I'm not even about to give them what they're looking for. Uh huh. This one white girl come up to me snooping, looks at the cover, yeah. and I told her the possessive investment. She's like, Can I can I see it? So I, I let her see it while I went to the bathroom. She uh-huh. did the most passive aggressive shit I've ever seen in my life. What she do? Wrote a, got a sticky note and put a smiley face on the back. God damn. <laughs> so the dude, the white dude, he ain't talking to me. He ain't even talking to me. Like, he did uh-huh. like a little, oh, how you doing, Brandon? Yeah, like, yeah. I guess they yeah, think yeah. I'm about to blow up something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, <laughs> mind you, this nigga about your side. Nigga uh-huh. had to be about 6'3". Yeah. <laughs> 260. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you scared of me? Yeah. <laughs> You scared of me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A brother with a brain, a dangerous thing, boy. I honestly think they think black people gonna do what they did to us. Bingo, bingo. I, what, I got a story about that. We gonna get on ahead, Trump go a little bit. We gotta yeah. get on Trump a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, train is over. I'm back to my office on 24th Street. Yeah. I go to work. And uh-huh. One day I'm talking to one of my, my boys on break. Yeah. And if you've been in Omaha for a long time. You know that Fuzzies used to be Chocolate City. Chocolate City. Yep. It, it's this, it's this uh, barbecue spot. I cannot remember the name of it on 24, but on Ames. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just north of Ames. You know 
South of You know what I'm talking about too <laughs> It's right there Yeah It's like right next to a gas station uh-huh. And I was like I was telling my boy I was like Yeah I'm about to ride past Chocolate City right quick Yeah All I know is Like a week Like three days later uh, I'm at my desk Uh huh like, like my supervisor And like her boss Come at me Yeah They're like Can you come to the office right quick you know, they shut the door, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, man. yeah, damn. I've been in these situations yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they sh- they shut the door, and um, they give me, they don't even talk to me. Uh-huh. They just give me like a printed sheet of paper and have me to read it. So I'm like reading it. Yeah. And then I see like investigation and sus- like uh, it's like suspension. Uh huh. So I'm like, what is this? She like, did you read it? And I'm like, yeah, I read it. I can comprehend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. wouldn't tell me what it was. It's like we just have to wait for the investigation to be over before you know in detail. Uh huh. So I'm like, okay. Um, basically, I, I'm off of work for like a week. Yeah, I, actually, yeah. I don't even go back. Actually, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get back. So I'm at I'm at the crib. Uh huh. I'm in I'm in I'm at I'm at some dress pants and a white beater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm on the phone. It's like 12, dressed 30. like a 1930s gangster who just yeah. got off, huh? <laughs> <laughs> just, got, right. just got done bootlegging. Yeah. <laughs> Looking like Malcolm X off the strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Detroit Red. Yeah, my, yeah Detroit Red. <laughs> <laughs> Omaha's best. Yeah. But anyway, I go, somebody ring my buzzer. No one rings my buzzer. Uh huh. Most of my friends, they have like open invitations, so they know when they can come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they ring the buzzer because the security entrance. My mom has a key, so she never rings my buzzer. She knows my password code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I go down there, it's three cops. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking they might have had the wrong house. Yeah. I'm talking to them, I'm like, I'm like, are you Brandon? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you have a minute? And I'm like, sure, what's up, what's up? And I'm like, I told my boy on the phone, like, I'm going to call you back. Yeah. They hit me up. He, he bullshitting with me, trying to get me to cop to something that I didn't even, I don't even know what he's talking about. Uh-huh. Cause you know how they do. They try to keep yeah. talking to you, be real friendly, uh-huh. try to see you omit something yeah. that you didn't even do so uh-huh. they get you that less char- lesser yeah. charge. Exactly. Saw money at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And then he was like, you know what? Let's, I'm going to stop beating around the bush. Are you sex trafficking? And I said, God damn. No. <laughs> and then she was like, well, and then he still beat, he still beating about around the bush. Uh-huh. Then like the white lady asked me, she's like, Tell me about Chocolate City. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) God damn, for real? So so, so, as soon as he said that, that, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah. I'm like, I was going to get barbecue on my lunch break. Yeah. And it's where where Fuzzy is at. It used to be called Chocolate City. I'm like, you can look up the Better Business Bureau and they will show you what used to be there. Uh huh. And that, that and that's how because that's how black people talk. We don't give exact directions because we don't know addresses. Yeah. We say you go past such and such store, hit that right, fam. That's how that's how we talk. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, I'm just about to go about to go a couple black plastic chocolates here. It's just a barbecue spot and letter. That's what I told him. And they was like, okay, cause we gotta cause they say like, we got a call to investigate you. And I was like, okay. They asked me to see my phone. And granted, I hate myself for it because I had two phones at the time. Two, I hear you, Kevin Gates. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I had my iPhone and I had a Droid. Yeah, yeah. So explain why you have two smartphones. Damn. And it's like, and then, but luckily, what, what, one wasn't a drop. One of them dropped phone, a little prepaid one. I'm yeah, glad yeah, they yeah. were actually both phones uh-huh. that I had for a long time. So I'm like, yeah, you can see my iPhone. And so I get yeah. my, other, I got my Droid out. I'm taping him the whole time. There you go. Make yeah. sure you ain't putting nothing on my phone. Exactly. And then it's like, can we? Where's your car? At? Can we search your car? Like, and you know, you know your rights. They ain't, uh-huh. they came without a warrant. But it's yeah. like, you know what? I'm just get this out the way. Exactly. Go to the car, and then <laughs> it, it was hilarious about this though because he searches my car, and I'm opening the trunk, and I'm like moving some stuff out the way. The other cop like push me out the way because he think I'm about to pull a gun out God of the trunk. Damn. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, I'm trying to. 
tell him how it works. I don't yeah, want to lock yeah. my keys in the car. Yeah. So I'm taping him with the other phone the entire time. Uh-huh. They don't find nothing. They was like, the NH- they, t- they take their ass back downtown, yeah. and I don't hear nothing else about it since. <laughs> but it kind of tripped me out because I had to meet with my old job uh-huh. about the results of the investigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was a day before I was supposed to go to Atlanta. If okay. you know about Atlanta, yeah, the Atlanta. number one sex trafficking place yeah. outside of vacant. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm up in here paranoid, uh-huh. driving around the office, making sure there ain't no uh, undercovers around yeah, anything. Yeah, no, UCs, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you know the game. Uh-huh. So I get in the office. They don't fire me. Yeah. I'm on. I'm still on probation for six months, so okay. they can just fire you for any reason. Let yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. They let me go. Uh-huh. It wasn't for this. They yeah. said I was on Amazon.com doing work hours, and I'm like, ain't that the most bull- passive aggressive bullshit? So you bullshit? got fired for being on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, and that's that like, was the official and the reason. Nigga, the nigga hit me because they, they they pulled up like my internet browser history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it said Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. That's it. God damn. <laughs> and then. In the back of my head, I'm like, you know, I snitch on every single person in this damn office. Exactly. Like, just kept it moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kept so it crazy. Pushing. God yeah. blessed me so hard because, like, I actually had an interview, uh-huh. like, a week after I got on suspension. Oh, okay. At the current place I'm at now. Nice, nice. And then when I came back from Atlanta, started at that job. So I didn't lose no pay. And they actually, they paid me all my vacation time. So I won in the Ooh. end because I actually got that nice check because I don't take vacation. I just go on when I'm on holiday. Yeah, yeah. So they had to pay me that. Yeah. And then I got my regular job. So, really, I, I won in the end. And the money that I used from my uh, vacation check, uh-huh. my PTO hours, that basically finished the book up. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, that just shows just, you know, how quickly, you know, a young brother's life could change or a young sister's life could change, you know, in this system of white supremacy. Just you chilling at the fucking crib, <laughs> dog. And the fucking feds, the fucking cops show up to your door. You know what I'm saying? Trying to go through your phone and then your whip and all this other shit because you was reading about. You know, yeah. whiteness. Do you know what I'm saying? Written by a white man. <laughs> that's fucking George crazy. White that is man. Fucking crazy. Yeah, that's why I tell these young brothers all the time that I work with and, yeah. I, and I talk to and I mentor. I'm like, bro, you, you might be doing some stuff now. That shit gonna get sealed. But like, once yeah. you hit 19, exactly. even 18, yeah, they coming. Exactly. So you need, even if you're on a straight and narrow. Make sure you always have that backup plan. Stay, stay the fuck out the way. Exactly. And always have some bail money hidden somewhere. Yeah. Always, always. All right, man. So, um, chapter 23, we're getting kind of, you know, close to the end. Right. Um, you, it's the relative uh, deprivation in Ferguson. Okay. You speak on how if a group is deprived, you know, they'll band together to form a social movement and use the works of uh, Karl Marx and uh, Ted Robert Gurr. Yep. Um, talk to the listeners about what you want the reader, you know, what you want them to take from this chapter. And should black folks actually read up on the works of, you know, Marx and uh, Gurr's respective theories? Yeah, I would say so, especially if you, especially like, especially when you get like, like the black, like black consciousness. A lot of it is okay. derived. I mean, I know we do like Africana history. Yeah. A lot of it is derived from like sociology and criminology and psychology. Yeah. Uh-huh. And whenever you study those courses, because I mean, you probably study those courses when you was at school. They always gonna reference Marx. Yeah. He's like the first person you learn about. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, that's why I put him in there. He talks about the proletariats and the bourgeoisie. Hmm. Most people are protesters anyway, but I like using that example because you have people that are marginalized, especially not people of color, black people. Because we're yeah. going to talk, talk about black people. Uh huh. Black people are mar- marginalized, yeah. and they're fighting like they, like you said, the system of white supremacy. Uh huh. So that's basically like the bourgeoisie class. Yeah. So we're basically just you know uh, <clears throat> flipping terms with it. Yeah. And then Robert Gurr, he basically came up with this theory called rel- relative deprivation. Uh huh. Basically, what you alluded to, and basically when we look at black people, it's more in a 
sense of progressive deprivation. Yeah. Because you see white people, like, especially if you're on Twitter and Facebook, uh-huh. they, every fucking day they have, oh, this white person did this. He didn't get shot. He uh-huh. didn't get killed. Yeah. Sometimes, I know it may get annoying sometimes, but it's basically what that uh, progressive uh, deprivation is. Gotcha. Because you're gotcha. seeing one group get the rights that you feel you deserve. Yeah. But when yeah. you're not getting it, that's when you rise up. Because something is wrong. Absolutely. So that's basically what that means. So when you look at Ferguson, uh-huh, and when they did like that, when they, the Justice Department did that study, they was like they were getting like hit with all these traffic fines. That was basically funding the city, yeah, off off the uh, backs of poor black people. I mean, yeah. you can't afford them to take off work, so you are getting all these damn fines. Yeah, and then like Mike Brown, if that would have happened, maybe let's say in uh, Pasadena or Palo Altos, it yeah. wouldn't have been a big deal. But it happened in a city where like black people were getting beat down all the time, economically and physically. Uh-huh. And then that was like the straw that broke that camel's back, and they rose up. And this and this is like the first time since probably Rodney King was that like ninety four or ninety two. Uh, ninety two, I think. Ninety two. Yeah. You see all these black gangs get together. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, damn, you can see the fear in the police. That's uh-huh. how they came with. Blue Lives Matter. Yeah, you saw yeah. that fear in the police. Like, damn, you got all these black people coming together for one common goal? Uh-huh. And it was like, it wasn't just hatred and revenge. It was love and justice. Because when you love somebody so much, you want to see them uh, treated fairly. Absolutely. That's why we got this Absolutely. paradox of like, it's like it's, it's like a damn paradox of like, um, all lives matter. Because like, yeah. if you really thought all lives matter, and you was about justice and love for everybody, Absolutely. all lives, Absolutely. you would hate that black people are being treated unjustly. Absolutely. And you wouldn't say all lives matter. Absolutely. So fucking lutely. It's, it's used nothing but just to wipe out a movement. You know, white out a movement, I should say. Yeah, there you go, white it out. Yeah, because, I mean, I just don't understand how a person can genuinely think that the BLM Black Lives Matter movement is about us saying our lives matter more. We're trying to convince the fucking country that our lives matter just as much as the next person. But, yeah, and we, yeah. we even see this in this, pre- in this president. Yeah, see? absolutely. Like, I mean, not to knock the kids, but you go. Yeah. He goes to Newtown and shed a, f- a, a few tears. Exactly. But with Trayvon's mama and Mike yeah. Brown's mama, yeah. daddy, they get told we are a nation of laws. Exactly. How the fuck you think black people supposed to feel? Exactly. The person that's in the highest office exactly. that looks just like us, uh-huh. quoting Jeezy, singing yeah. Al Green, <laughs> exactly, can't even say I'm sorry exactly. that you had to go through that. Uh-huh. The only thing he can say, we are a nation of laws. Yeah. We ain't, I ain't asked you to say fuck the police or fight the power or put your fist in the air. You're like, I understand I'm hurt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He did that one time in after the, with Trayvon. Yeah, and it, it, when he, he said it like, could have been his kid or something Yeah, he was like, like first he's like, Trayvon could have been my son. Uh-huh. Then he like made a philosophical shift. Then he said, Trayvon could have been me. That yeah. was one of the few times like when black people been getting hit in the street uh-huh. and we felt like the president was standing for us. Exactly. And that goes like back to that like chapter we talked about like, black exceptionalism. Uh-huh. That was like one of the few times in Obama's presidency where he made it seem like I'm not like, I'm not like these, I'm not like these other niggas. I'm with them too. Exactly. And we almost felt like that—that that was a president for us during that one moment. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's all we asked for him. Exactly. The same pain that you have for them, like white kids in Newtown, mm-hmm. half for Jamal and Tisha. Exactly. Exactly. That's real. That's real right there. All right. So, moving on. As far as you know, at the you know at the end of my show, I always like to do you know the whole um, you know um, not all heroes wear capes. You know, and I'm definitely putting you there, so that's gonna be kind of tied in with you putting on that summer gym screen. All right. But um, as far as you know, health over wealth, I really want you, you know, to go ahead and you know read read the poem, bless us with the poem that you've written in uh, chapter 25. You can read that for us, and you know, 
Okay. I'm not really a, a poet. I just put this down. Okay. <laughs> Kick them jewels, fam. Yeah, I see more needles with dry, dark blood in the street than kids happily playing in them. Babies crying for food and mothers crying oceans because they don't have the means to feed them. Schools are closing yearly, but prisons seem like they are opening daily. Cost of living is skyrocketing, but social funds are plummeting. I just want to be a lawyer of sciences or somebody with a PhD. But I'm six foot three and my community says I should try to live out hoop dreams. I have more access to a ball court than a library. I see more despair than hope, more junkies and crack fiends than people who look like me living out million dollar dreams. Swiping black cars for expensive things. Gentrification, felonies, kids misdiagnosed with mental retardation. But a lack of youth leading my country to become a better nation. Will I overcome or just become another statistic stuck at the bottom? Either my people are dying or they are clocking in 9 to 5s and 10 to 6s. Minimum wage living at 63 because 70 for us is when we are retiring. Not because they want to, but to keep the heat on to give Junior a couple presents for Christmas. Street lights are shining like thousand white light bulbs. But those are the only things bright on Omaha's north side. Mothers cry, their babies die, and children wonder why. They wonder why it has to be like this. Sometimes we just want to see our side shine, brighten up our day like the women towers, bright lights. But no, we walk in darkness on Omaha's north side, looking for hope that the former senator and our current president promised us. But no one can see the pain because the sun just doesn't shine on the north side. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, so off of this this poem, this work that you've written, you know, in chapter 25, tell me if the sun would shine down north, what would it look like to you? Uh, 24, uh, the deuce. The, the deuce. deuce. Deuce foe. Okay. It'll be drinking shit again. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what the sun shining on the north side would be. Omaha store, um, a star um, uh, banner would be lit lit up all day. Nice, nice. Skeets would have lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My man got to replace them light bulbs up there, bro. I ain't never seen it open before. I don't even know when it's open. Yeah. You just kind of drive by and you see somebody up front. You're like, okay. I've never seen it open in my life. Yeah. Usually I stop in there if I see somebody at, if I see somebody like at the counter or some shit. I don't even know the hours either. But yeah, okay. That's what's up, though. But I appreciate you, you know, stopping in and, you know, doing knocking out this interview and just kind of being, it's very inspirational to see a young man do some shit like this. Yeah. So with this book, you know, what's the most important message or lesson you want the readers to take away from the book, fam? Uh, I mean, when you, when you go to the church, those ain't the only good people in the hood. There you go. Nice. And we, but when you go to the liquor store, they have stories too, and, and their lives matter just as much as those in the church. And the, the ones that the dirt that the people have in the liquor stores, it's a lot of church going in that pulpit as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And did you learn anything about yourself or society while you were writing this book? Yeah, um, um, I did learn I need to love black women more in public. Okay, okay, we, I hear we, you. We need to do that. We need to give them voices. And I do want to do that. So you should read Alicia Lester's book, Life Behind the Chair. It's okay. on, you can go to Gossip Salon. Gossip Salon, or you can go on Amazon, Life Behind the Chair. She's from here, too. Okay. So make sure you cop her book as well. Most deaf, most deaf. And it, go ahead. And I did, I, I did learn, like, I learned, like, a lot, like, how to look at race and, and politics and things like that. And then I learned, about, like, like about, about poverty. Like, uh-huh. Sometimes we get so caught up in our own lives, we got to make it. And it's like we forget about bringing our brothers up. So, like, when I'm writing this book... It made me not like when we when we talk about the church. Yeah, ten percent of your ties. Uh-huh. I think a lot of us forget it's ten percent of your resources. So mm. give ten percent of your time to the people too. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. All right, fam, you gotta tell me what's after the book. What else are you working on? 
Uh, actually, we're actually doing a lot of work. Uh, we're starting, we're trying to start our own consultant business. Okay. Because I kind of scaled back a little bit, so we're gonna get that back up and running. Yeah. And then also, we're probably gonna probably gonna work on the next one. It's gonna be a, a more ethnographic. So we're gonna like I work with a lot of kids that have like a lot of behavioral issues. Yeah. Some kids they do other things. I don't want to say their names or uh-huh. what kids they are because I don't want to mess it up. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, probably absolutely. gonna be the next book. It's probably gonna be telling their stories. Okay, that's what's up. And then you say you're gonna do some consulting. Work. What kind of consultant work are you going to do? We actually do sociological organizational consultant work. So basically nice. how to keep uh, people to work better in companies. I, I, I've done work for uh, like a lot of nonprofits and the Boys and Girls Club. Uh-huh. So we basically teach them how to make, make women in uh, black and other races more comfortable in the workplace so y'all can... Uh, uh, garner better achievement and then more product- productivity. That's what the hell I like to hear, man, because it's, it's so tough being in those white spaces and being yep. the only person of color. And you, you you feel like that, you know, you're kind of like, you know, like the only fish in a fish tank. You know yeah. what I'm saying? People just walking by, just looking at you and shit like that. And you're like... You're not an act. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's tough, you know, because you, you... I don't know, sometimes you'd be scared to shine and thrive, you know, yeah. in these workspaces. Because you don't want your blackness or whatever you got, you know, to kind of, you know, shit on everybody else. Yeah. And then you go through a situation where... Well, like you did, you know, the <laughs> fucking them fucking boys at your door, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Then you lose your job, and then you like, damn, I'm back to square one. So that's dope. That's dope. I really appreciate that. And thank you for coming in. I really appreciate that. But you know, we still got two more segments of do rags and boat shoes. You know, we always got selling hope like dope. So selling hope like dope, man. Do you think Trump is serious, my nigga? Because <laughs> I feel you get, like you get paper. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I feel I feel like I feel like it's all a fucking. A publicity stunt You know what I'm saying But Just, if he wins <laughs> Man But you know what's so funny About yeah. Trump though Yeah what's that On a more serious note Uh huh He is galvanizing something That no other politician is doing What's That's that That working and poor white money I mean, what, not money, but class. Yes. Because, like, honestly, when we look at the relative deprivation theory. Yeah. It's another one. It's called uh, decremental deprivation. And okay. That's about white people, right? Okay. White, especially Explain white that. Break men. Break that down. Decrement, decremental deprivation. Okay. I'm going to put y'all on this one. All right. White people are, white men, working class men, and poor whites, they're used to having a certain level of life. You know what they and are. And then when, but when you give resources to other people, uh-huh. it's almost like you're taking away from them. So like when they talk about Hispanics, they're taking our jobs. Uh-huh. What job do you have a, a copyright on? Exactly. exactly. Okay. Affirmative action. Uh, you were not qualified. How come I wasn't? We got the same degree. I probably have better work experience than you. Uh-huh. They actually done studies on that. Yeah. You're basically taking away from them. Even like when women went into the workforce, uh-huh. niggas used to. I mean, I'm sorry, not niggas. White <laughs> men used to be secretaries. They can be niggas too, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were niggers with the ER. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, were, they were very ignorant. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear they you. They were with secretaries. The Kevin Gates breakdown. Yeah, they were secretaries. Uh huh. Women took those jobs. Yeah. That used to be a man's job. Uh huh. People at the front, they used to be a man's job. Yeah. Women didn't work. Uh huh. So that's basically what it is. It's like that's why you got this white anger. Yeah. They feel like something. There's something is being taken from them. Yeah, and I said this before on shows before the, the white man he want his country back. Yeah. He, he definitely, and I feel like, I feel like the past, you know, going on eight years with Obama presidency, seeing that represent, you know, his country, quote unquote, you know, representing the white man's country. I feel like a lot of white men in this country felt like they've been quote unquote cuckolded. You know what I'm saying for the yeah. past eight years, and it's just like this ain't fun no more. You, took, you, you know, had. yeah, yeah, yeah. The jig is up. You know what I'm saying, and. 
Trump is tapping into that. Like Trump doesn't have any poor people's interests at heart. Not at you, all. you talk to a Trump supporter, they tell you he gonna build that wall, <laughs> a big one, <laughs> a big one, and Mexico's gonna build it, and he's gonna bring jobs back from China. You know, that's all they say. Yeah, that's all they. That's all the fuck a Trump supporter gonna tell you. You talk about foreign policy and issues like that. Like, what are we gonna do about Iran and things like that? I don't know. I know he's gonna build that wall and he's gonna bring some jobs back from China. You know, I'm like, I'm like, how are you struggling? You know, right now, like, what happens? Then you try to talk to him, like, what happens after that wall goes up? The Mexicans ain't gonna be here taking all the jobs, like, but you working right now. You know, did a Hispanic take that job? Go ahead, talk. Yeah, yeah this is a book that I was reading. Uh, Young Black and Male. Uh-huh. It's, by, it's edited by Elijah Anderson. It has a bunch of people writing essays. Okay. And they talked about if you actually get illegal immigrants out of here, uh-huh. it's going to cost us more. So actually jobs mm. will be taken away. Mm-hmm. Because like when you get illegal immigrants, the uh, sanitation is not as high as it's supposed to be. It's real very low. Yeah, yeah. And then now you have to build all this stuff. Uh-huh. And it's like you can't, you can't afford to hire all these workers to actually mm-hmm. work in these places. So actually... Hispanics here actually keep costs down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and the crazy thing about Trump shitting on Hispanics is, you know, he had many of them building his hotels and, you know, the casinos and shit like that. And it's, you know, he's just saying nothing but catchphrase after catchphrase. There's no fucking policies. There's nothing. And he speaks the language of, you know, dumb white folks. You know what I'm saying? He does. And then you got them two coon-ass black women who he shuffle <laughs> up there. You know, these two these two women that look like they would be in your church or something. He gonna bail that wall, you know? Like, what the fuck? Exactly. Like, what the fuck are y'all up there doing? And they don't get it that they're being mocked. But it's one of them things where, you know, like, Tariq talks about it. You know, I don't want the black feminists to attack me. But, you know, Tariq Nasheed talks about... You know, people want that fucking butter biscuit, you know, from 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 white mommy and daddy. And it's true. You know, they want to feel good. And and uh, and he he also talks about which I, I'm, you know, I'm always a fan of, you know, when he talks that shit, you know, people, you know, black folks are scared. You know, if we do get reparations, what you going to do? With yeah. It? Yeah. What you going to do with it? You know what, what I'm saying? Like? Yeah. And, you know, then, you know, you try to tell somebody, you know, shit, you know, it could be money, you know, it could be land, but it has to be something tangible. I don't want to do fucking education because what the fuck you going to do after you get that degree? You know, you white folks going to be mad as hell at you like, oh, you one of them motherfuckers. I ain't going to hire you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he also talks about, you know, there's some black folks that just scared because if they get all that money... You can't they, complain no more. Yeah, you can't, you can't complain about shit and you can't beg white folks for shit. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just feel like... I feel like it's a jig with Trump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like he's just trying to build his brand because he's done this before. And but, but the crazy already. thing about it, I feel like he ran as a joke to kind of build his brand. But now he's catching so much traction from these white folks that want their, like you said, white men who want their country back. He's like, oh, shit, I might really be fucking president. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But now, I don't think they'll let him, though, because yeah. like, they're not going to let him get them delegates. Yeah, that's true. And, but I think but, that's uh, going to make white folks mad. It yeah, matter when yeah. you don't let him be the nominee. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing about it because he's just like a mascot, you know, of what's wrong with America. You know, you got this guy, he's just a walking, talking corporation, but somehow, you know, poor folks, poor white folks are just eating his shit up. All the bullshit he's shoveling, they just got their mouth wide open for it, you know? And these rallies are, they're, they're like fucking clan meetings now, you know what I'm saying? Just attacking folks. You know, people, there's even been... 
you know, reports of actual black Trump supporters in there, you know, being frisked down by police to make sure that they're actually a fucking Trump supporter, which is crazy. <laughs> you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like my black, yeah, like my, yeah, my black ass in here trying to support this motherfucking. You patting me down, but you know, you still in the one still supporting him. Yeah, exactly. You still supporting it? So I feel like Trump is out here selling hope like dope, but it's like he's in too deep. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, I can't back out now. You know what I'm saying? And it's just feeding his ego and all this other bullshit. Like Pepsi, your name brand. Exactly, exactly. So tell me, who you voting for? Are you even voting on? Because I know I'll, I'll be voting in my local elections. There you go. There you go. That's that's how I feel. That's how I feel, honestly, man. Because you know what? You know, I was riding. Um, epi- yeah, episode eight. I went and seen Bernie Sanders uh, yep, over in uh, yeah Iowa. yeah over in Iowa over across the bridge and I broke down what he was talking about and he was saying all the right shit because he actually mentioned black teens and you know yeah. black poverty and how he was going to do that but then somebody asked him about reparations you know not yeah, too long ago and he said it was too fucking divisive I'm like and you know, motherfucker <laughs> what you know the, thing is, <laughs> the wrong cho- choice of words I yeah. wouldn't even talk, say it was divisive yeah you know, I would have basically said we can try but it ain't gonna get passed yeah, exactly that's, that's all, all he had to say he had to just all keep you it had to bill. Say. because you know what it, it is ain't. gonna happen like that because you know if we go to um you know you you get a presidential nominee or a candidate you know the president in there who supports black folks and we you know he try to he or she you know whoever gets in there and try to pass that bill you know congress is they gonna be with the shits because you know right now we don't have our own media and our own you know economy right now we're not producers of anything we're consumers but we have so much great spending power and so you know some people say spending power is false that's bullshit you know what i'm saying if we stop supporting so many of these businesses and shit like that they'll take a fucking hit you know but we really need to pull our resources together and our money you know and start standing behind candidates and shit like that and hold them accountable hey if you ain't gonna you know change these laws and shit like that i'm not voting for you i'm not supporting you with campaign money because you look at how these how um president obama just went straight to the supreme court for gay rights and that's because he got all that money from glad and you know uh lgtbqrituv shit you know yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you know he got all that money from them and then the same thing with uh what is that shit called the dreamers act with uh illegal immigrant kids you know they can get driver's license and shit like that Mm -hmm. and be citizens here but it was because of uh eva longoria and um I forgot what what uh what uh group she was with organization, but they donated I think somewhere close to uh what twenty million to his campaign or some shit yeah. like that. It was some crazy amount. She got all these affluent, you know, and influential uh, Hispanics, you know, yeah. in the community to do that. But you know, black folks, we we, we don't we don't understand that. We just think because our great grandma, you know, got hit in the head with a brick to vote <laughs> that it's okay. You know that we have to vote. You know, yeah. you, you don't you, a vote. You know, it's a powerful thing when you have a demand behind it. And yeah. I talked about that on last show. But go ahead, keep yeah, that cause, game, cause, though. Because I'm saying, like, with black folks, we on that Destiny Child philosophy. Say yeah, my yeah. name, say my name. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. all we want. Exactly. Say our name. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the crazy thing about it. Like, I, like, remember, what was this, last year or a few months ago, when one of the BLM, uh, three of them met with uh, Hillary Clinton? Yeah. And, uh, he, 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 and he was talking about, I want to know how you feel. Like, what? <laughs> Like what, nigga? What? Like you talk to her? You talk to her about resources and what tangibles that she's gonna do for black folks? Grants, yeah, business grants. 
exactly. How do you and feel? how she's going to re- reverse, you know, the whole school to prison pipeline that her husband helped introduce. And when she was calling little, you know, black teens and shit like that, what was it? Uh, what was it? She the called predators. them predators, super predators, or some shit like that. And she even said in that speech, we could talk about how they got there, but first we need to bring them to heel. Like, bitch, what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like you're, you're you you know how they got here, but you like, oh, we got to make them bow down first, and yeah. then maybe we'll talk about that. But you know, the Clintons ushered in that whole, you know, private owned jails, they're the new plantations, you know what I'm saying? But this motherfucker had the audacity to ask this 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 lady who's running for president, how do you feel? She don't give a fuck how how she how you know, she don't give a fuck. You know, she got millions of dollars in kickbacks from these private owned prisons and shit like that. Which is fucking bananas and I don't know, man. Black folks got to get it together. So what do you think black folks got to do to get it together with our political game? How do you feel? What, what do we need to do? Do you have a step-by-step solution? or? I mean, this is very difficult. Like, we're all, all the way at the bottom. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. We down there, bro, when that political game is, yeah, is we, trash, boy. Well, I think you need to stop giving these votes to Democrats. I would vote. Bingo. I would, like, honestly, I would. it would be, like, love. Like, let's say every black person just voted for the Green Party. Yeah, yeah. I would make because I'm an independent. Yeah, so everybody's yeah. independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's officially it, though. Yeah, I yeah. would um, make it. I would put the pressure on like instead of just having like blue versus red. Yeah, make an independent part where it's three candidates. There you go. Yeah, At, make put the pressure on because like. If, I don't know if you know, but like Republicans and Democrats, like the money they get, they actually get it matched by the uh, government. Uh huh. So, but independents don't. That's why you don't you don't see them on the debates. You don't mm. see them on TV. Mm. You don't even know the people that's running. Mm-hmm. So it's like black people. I'm not saying don't vote. I would yeah. just write in somebody from, or vote for the Green Party or write in somebody from the Green Man, Party or find some do. other party that you can identify with. Exactly. And then be like, no, you're gonna earn these votes exactly. because. To, to get a Democrat into the White House, it all is basically dependent on Black people going to the polls. That's, That's it. it. Yeah, a Republican will never be in the White House if every Black person went to the poll. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the crazy thing about that, you know, Hillary Clinton was out here whipping the nay nay for young niggas yeah. out here, and she seen that didn't work because the jig was up. We like, you know, this ain't this ain't our mama and daddy. This ain't our Arsenio Hall, and you ain't got a saxophone. You know what right. I'm saying? Like like when her husband was on there, you know, trying to be all sexy and cool and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he was he pied piper niggas right in the prison with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Playing that saxophone. But and then she was like, okay, well let me get your mamas and your grandmas and your daddies and your granddads. Cause when she came, well when uh when we had the thing here with the Dems or whatever the uh that caucus the caucus yeah uh, the, the, the the daughter uh, was well, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea Chelsea was at Big Mama's kitchen. Uh, talking to old that. old black yeah there you go yeah 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 <laughs> talking to older black folks about I swear to God I watched it on uh, Periscope. Periscope yeah shout out to Willie for doing that um, good dude yeah yeah good dude good dude radical but he's a good dude got a good heart and he loves his people but she was talking about all the issues Hillary did for women and for um, fucking uh, foreign affairs didn't address nothing about black folks and black folks just eating that shit up and Willie's asking them you know why are you voting this way da 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 well we can't let Trump get in the office <laughs> like god damn like that's it that's that's your logic behind it you know and then they was like well Bill Clinton he was good too Bill really? Clinton led millions of people black men and you know it's starting Not to creep up on women yeah led them right on in the prison you know what I'm saying and with the three strikes laws and shit like that and it's crazy because we're not educated on how to vote 
you know, every other group is. Well, I'm not gonna say every other group because Asians are the smallest group, you know, voted. But, but they own everything. You know what I'm saying? You know, they got a Chinese restaurant in everybody part of town, white part, black part, every time. It ain't even got Chinatown, you know. <laughs> and um, which is fucking crazy. And then you think about, you know, just the the mentality that our older folks have. That's why Hillary is tapping into that. You know what I'm saying? And then trying to then you got your your mama or your grandmama or your grandpa shaming you in the vote. You know, because he walked until his feet hurt to get voter rights and some shit like that. But you like you don't even know what you voting for. You just want to vote to say you voted. You know, and that is a very dangerous thing. Very dangerous, and it's always assumed that black folks gonna vote Democrat. And that's, that's what sucks, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Because a Democrat is going to come into the hood, you know, say all these feel-good words and all this church shit. Yeah, exactly. Go to church with you, you know, clap yeah. with you and stomp and hoot and holler. You might and, even clap on the two and the four. Exactly, you. yeah. They, they might even be on beat, you know, a couple times. You know what I'm saying? Still, until you start hitting that soul clap. But, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know and, and then, you know, once they get in the office, you know, we're still left to fight our fight. Yeah, wait, you know what wait, I'm saying? Wait till we get re-election. Yeah. We always have re-election Yeah, time. yeah, that's what we're we always talk about. we going to be real. Yeah, yeah, and then, <laughs> then we still, you know, you know, oh, well, we can't because such and such. And, get, they, yeah. they, they put the most bullshit leg- legislation that they know yeah. won't get passed. Absolutely. They get you that little feel good. Like like, my, like the boy Ho said, the moral victories. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's for minor league coaches. <laughs> right. But yeah, but, you know, going back to, you know, selling hope like dope, you know, Trump is out here. He pushing that, he pushing that shit hard, boy. Uh, you know, it it kind of reminds me of, you know, Obama, how he had all of us, you know, in uh, you know, in 07, you know, getting on that train with him, you know. But you know, to end this, what I would say, yeah, what would be wrong if Trump got, Trump got in office? We, we went through um, the middle passage, yeah, slave trade, yeah, Jim Crow, yeah, black laws, yeah, um. We got segregation, yeah. Civil rights movement, uh huh. Ronald Reagan yeah, and Reagan, George Bush Reagan, twice. Economics, <laughs> yep. Bush twice, yeah. And then the Clinton era, you know, three strikes laws, and then uh, you know we had Katrina with Bush, and then right now we going we dealing with this police brutality and this stand your ground bullshit. So we, we, we're, we're very resilient. Yeah, exactly. We are. And, and you know, you think about it is... I want to make white folks mad. Let Trump get in office. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the thing. Me they don't want to be in... Like Paul Moise said, they don't yeah, want to be a nigga. nigga until, it's, yeah, until it's time to be a nigga. You know, everybody want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to be a nigga. You know? And, and the crazy thing about it, me and my lady had the strongest debate that we've ever had and uh, uh, about the caucus because I didn't go. It was at South High, and I didn't go. I was like, I'm not. And then she was like, well, what about Trump getting in the office? And so we had this huge debate, and I was like, the biggest fear of all these, you know, these Bernie Sanders, you know, Phil to burn, and these Hillary Clinton supporters is, you know, is white folks don't want to be treated like how black folks been treated for centuries. That's what it is, and that's what they're scared of, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I broke it down to her, you know, and then she was like, damn, she didn't even think about it like that, you know what I'm saying? And that's the crazy thing about it, and that's the biggest fear, you know, white folks don't want to go through what black folks had to go through. And I remember when Obama got elected president, my mom was working at the uh, courthouse at the time, and she said a white co-worker came up to her and said that we're on lunch, and uh, she actually said... Are is he gonna do? Is he gonna put us in slavery? Meaning white folks, and she was dead ass serious. 
I was, and that's that's I feel like that's the underlying issue. You know, it's a big fear amongst white folks of being treated. You know how they treat other people of color. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is yeah, yeah. And they they think that, and then you see black folks thriving and doing all this shit, and they think that we're going to be on a revenge tip. But no, we just want our piece of the pie. We want that fair fucking shot. We're not a vengeful people. Sometimes I feel like we should be. But we just want equality. Yeah, yeah, we just want equality. That's 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 all the fuck that we want. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, we're gonna end this with a hold this L. So there's rumors going around about your boy LeBron James, King James, talking about he might go back. You know, to Miami. He had a conversation. Uh, have you seen that when he was covering his mouth trying to talk to D Wade or whatever? Um, it was the Christmas game. Yeah, I remember. And that. It, yeah, and he was talking about how he might. You know, he might. He was like, if if we don't make it this year, we we might. You know, we might be linking up again but then you know there's still some issues going on they talking about him and Kyrie ain't getting along so I'm I'm, I'm making the Cavs hold this L because you know that, that's surfacing back up then your boy Kyrie and Kalani and party motherfucking next door like I don't even fuck with party's music like that you know what I'm saying but he took a huge L how do you feel about that man and in the words of future lead them bad Fill in the blank alone. Get you like some nice, uh, wholesome woman that eat, drinks tea on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. It, That's why I tell all my friends, leave them bad ones alone. The Rihanna types. Man. Get you some wholesome woman that you know go what out. I'm the only time she goes when it's like a D Rash uh, party. Exactly. <laughs> get one exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and, and that's the crazy thing. And then didn't Shorty just have a suicide attempt or some shit like that, or she al- alluded to that or something? Yeah, like that? I guess I think she was like dehydrated. I wish I don't, oh, I, don't okay. I can't explain it. Yeah. I guess that's what it was because because uh-huh. uh, you know we got that drag culture on it. Yeah, oh, that's why I'm like. Man. That's why I'm glad I didn't grow up in the social media age. It's like you I learned to both. mind my own damn business. Yeah, exactly. Because like a lot of these, like Cat, like Cat Williams said, uh-huh. I hit that boy to let him know the same person <laughs> I can hit you might shoot you. Yeah. Some of these people on the internet need to be shot. Exactly, exactly. And that's the crazy thing about it. I mean, the jokes was nonstop. I even let some fly off too, but uh, it's <laughs> the same one that can hit you. Yeah, shoot yeah you. exactly. And it, it, it is just and it's funny, you know. But at the same time, it's kind of sad though too. But you you should. I mean, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't let internet bullying get the best of you. You know, yeah, just log, log out. out. You know, that's all you gotta do. <laughs> log exactly, out. just log out. You know, it ain't that big of a deal. But with the whole Cleveland situation, I, you know, they're gonna go back to the finals. That, I mean, that's that's a given. I nobody mean, a in the East, through. yeah, ain't nobody in the East fucking with them. You know what I'm saying? Like the West is just a battle. You don't know who it is, even though um, Golden State, though. yeah, Golden State is you know, go Spurs, go. But uh, you know, the uh, Warriors, uh, you know, they doing their thing. But at the same time, you know, you know, my Spurs is doing their thing, and then you got OKC. Your boy, um, I don't think OKC can get them. They, they run, yeah. they running. But I yeah. think you got to slow it down and beat them. Exactly, exactly. Like, slow down I was, that game. I was telling the dude at the barbershop yeah. last week. Uh-huh. He was trying to. He was talking. He was just talking shit. I'm like, yeah. He, he was like, they just had a bad game. I'm like, no. Nah. They put hands on Steph Curry. Yeah. Like when, like when LeBron first came in the league before he won his ring. Uh huh. You used to put put him on his ass. Exactly. He would fall back. Exactly. Put your hands on Steph Curry. Exactly. He's not gonna do it because that boy He's ain't scared. built like that. He ain't he built ain't like t- that. You he come ain't in the paint. Like yeah. You he come in the. He didn't play yeah. in Chicago on the on the, on the, on the black side. He exactly. Played in the gym. Like like Zeke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between playing in the street and on the gym. Exactly. Not trying to knock the boy, but like when you get put on your ass, you uh-huh. you ain't he ain't never had a scrape. Exactly. Exactly. And every time he hurt his ankles, he hurt him himself you know yeah. what i'm saying but and then it's, a, it's such a battle out west but you know it's gonna be a cakewalk for them 
but I don't think I don't you know I don't think if if they don't at least take it to a seven game series you know in the finals I think LeBron going back down to Miami or he gonna you know try to do something or bring somebody in to help them what you think about that I think he's leaving because, like, you look at Kyrie on yeah. paper, it looks good, but he's yeah. an individual player. Yeah, he's man. not John. Like, honestly, I would rather have John Wall on that team. John Wall is so nice. Ky- That's Kyrie a pure Irving. point guard right there. Yeah, because yeah, he's gonna make sure everybody gets the ball. Exactly. Kyrie gonna make sure he gets his and he gets that highlight. Exactly, because John Wall will give you 18 points, but he also have like 12, 13 assists too with that. Like, you know? but John Wall happy getting six points and 12 assists. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's a pure point guard, and then Russell Westbrook, he out there just being a beast with these 16 triple doubles and I think he's only he's only one away from uh beating your boy Magic, you know, for the most triple doubles in a season. So you think he's gonna do that? With I think it's like ten games left? Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean yeah. he wants it. Like, the thing about Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. he, he loves he he love he hates losing more than he loves winning. Yeah. So I absolutely. respect that. Absolutely. And you know the crazy thing about OKC man, I wish they were still up in Seattle, man. Cause cause you, cause I I just imagine just the crazy colorways for some KDs and yeah. then even for the, the the Air Jordan thirty. But that's another story though. But man, I appreciate you being here, man, on this episode. You know, talking that shit. You know, walking that walk with me. And uh, just let the people know where they can buy your book at, fam. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com. Views of the Church from the Liquor Store. If you know me personally, you can always hit me up on Facebook, uh, Brandon Loveless, or you can go on Twitter, IG, Snapchat, B Love four zero two. I will meet you, get it to you directly, but please go on Amazon because black. I don't know what it is about black people. Y'all do not. Y'all buy everything else off the internet. But y'all want to buy a book. Y'all want somebody to meet you, come find you on a lunch break, and then y'all always want them. And it's so crazy. Like even my friend, like, can you sign this? I'm like, yeah. go buy it off Amazon. I'll meet you. Yeah. But yeah, you can go on Amazon. But if you want me to get it to you directly, I have no problem doing that because I actually love getting these books out. No, most deaf, most deaf. So I appreciate you being here. Much love and respect to our listeners. Much love and respect to my boy Infamous Prime, Prime the Ruler. Uh, the mantra just dropped on SoundCloud. Make sure y'all check that out. He's engineering this episode. Um, and that's it. We out.
blessing all the trout niggas. God blessing all the trout niggas. When you wake up before you brush your teeth, you grab your scrap nigga. Only time you get down on your knees, you don't crap nigga. For what you heard, God blessing all the trout niggas. Sold over me, dimes on a good fuck. What?